Sun Ranto Ranters Roundtable uh, slash Cubs Autopsy. My name is Danny Rocket. That was Michael Cotton. Uh, this show is brought to you by our 113 Patreon supporters. Uh, Blake Beard's tickets at the Blake Beard on Twitter uh, for all your Cubs tickets next year. Rogue Wave created for your branding, graphic, and web design needs, and the Cubs PS Plus podcast. Who Mike Waller will be by later in the show to do this Cubs Autopsy. With us, as always, hashtag chance in the chat, and you could win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. Michael Cotton, are you ready to carve up the 2023 Cup season? Absolutely. I've got my Shiner Oktoberfest, so I've got an October beer from Texas to, to sadly go where no man wants to go. And I am drinking uh, my caffeine here with my yerba mate tea and my bombija straw. But uh, I think the best person to start with here is one of the biggest Cubs fans on the planet. Uh, he talked about the Cubs to everybody for, for many years, pre and post game. And uh, he's a great friend of mine. And he hosts my favorite Cubs podcast called the Recap Podcast he does with Gordon Whitmire. Ladies and gentlemen, the Catman, David Kaplan. How you doing, David? What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? Great to be with you. Thank well, you. you know, we got a bit of a hangover from that season, and it, it wasn't exactly – well, it was act, almost exactly how I thought it was going to go. Um, I just got to ask you off the bat, like, are you disappointed? Are you are you, are you you feeling like they underperformed what they could have done? Or, or, or how are you feeling about the 2023 Cubs team as – with what taste in your mouth do you have? So I had a, I mean, not a huge wager, but I had $200 on the over on the Cubs wins at 70, I think 78 and a half. And oh, so that went well. That went well. I won a couple hundred bucks. That was good. I expected them to be a vastly improved team. My problem with them, and again, I like Jed Hoyer. I actually think their organization is in a better place than it was when Theo left. Oh, they, that's for sure. They fired they, everybody. They got rid of a bunch of guys, and none of those guys would you want the contracts they're currently playing under. That's one. Two, they're developing pitching at a much better rate than they were from 2012 to 2021. Three, they got one of the top five farm systems by anybody's rankings, so – it's going this way. My problem is if you're going to go out and give up prospects, and I know they didn't give up the greatest players, but if you're going to make a deal to go get Jamer Candelario, then you can't be half pregnant. Go finish it off and get 
I'm not asking for Max Scherzer and Otani and Verlander, but you got to go out and at least give David Ross somebody he can look down there and go, okay, let's go. Because people like to blast him on social media. And I don't like all the bunting. I'm right there with everybody. But I, someone at the ballpark said to me, hang on a second. I heard you blasting the bullpen usage the other day. And I said, yeah, I didn't like him doing that. They said, you come down and manage that for a few days. And you look down there and go, oh, God, who am I going to now? That guy's arm is falling off. That guy is. This guy, Palencia, throws 100. He had a 6 ERA in AAA. We're using him with the season on the line. So I thought Jed and Tom and Carter, if you're going to go get Candelario, then finish it off. So do you think it was a mistake that at the trade deadline that they didn't trade Bellinger or, or you know, because that's part of the equation. If, if you're not going to add enough at the trade deadline, then you probably should have sold and gotten more. No, because this is the Cubs. This isn't the Royals or the A's or the freaking White Sox. You have got to at some point go, we're here, we're back, we're done with being a middle market franchise that's just going to, hey, we got the seventh best prospect from the Diamondbacks for whoever we gave up. No. At some point, you got to go, we're about winning. And I ran into Tom Ricketts one day. This is before the deadline. He's like, I'm done with that. We're, I want to win. I'm not, I'm not naive that we've still got steps to take. But no, I, I do not want to trade these guys. And it worked out they didn't. I thought that sets a good message going into the offseason when you call up the Scott Borises of the world, and you go, I'd like to come after this client. Well, what's your, are you guys going to try to win? We already are trying to win. Right. Well, look, I, I absolutely agree with you. They really kind of half-assed it. Exactly. At the deadline. I mean, what they really did was just not sell. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, you know, they're like, we're going for it. But really what they were doing is they just weren't selling. And unfortunately, there was this narrative that Jed decided that what, like the Friday before or some the night of the talk from catch. Yeah. The night. It, One catch made us buyers. Where, where was he the rest of the year? And that's where my frustration is. I don't think they lost this season in these last two weeks. They lost it in April and May when they didn't break with the best team that they could have broken with. They didn't even have what they had two uh, outfielders. You know, so what what do you think about that when you go back to the very beginning where they had Hosmer and Mancini and uh, Barnhart and and some of these guys that they ultimately just cut bait with completely. And yet that was that was their plan at the beginning. So how does that work into this sort of collapse at the end? Well, they they didn't have Suzuki because he was on the injured list with an oblique. Um, they didn't, but have they didn't to... replace him with an outfielder. That was my problem with that. Like, I get that Suzuki wasn't there, but we were talking Mancini out there. Yeah, Mancini yeah, dropping fine. balls. Yeah, Christopher Morales in the minors. Talkman's in the minors. Talkman's in the minors. Like, if you're telling me that okay, Morrell is needs a couple weeks. Okay, he didn't come up till May. I mean, what are yeah. we doing here? That's that it. bothered that bothered me. And then I'm a huge Suzuki guy, huge. And I'm at the ballpark. It's the Saturday after the All-Star break. We're playing the Red Sox, I believe. 
and I'm on the field. It's like 10 a.m., and I'm standing there with three players. No microphones. I'm not working on TV anymore. I'm just there. I have my son with me. We're going to the game just to hang out. And I say to these three players, hey, who's the best offensive player on the team? And all three guys, all three said, that's an easy one. And I thought they would say Cody Bellinger. And they said, say Suzuki's by far a better player. I said, seriously? They said, just wait till his oblique is 100%. He's been playing through it and he's feeling better. You watch. And one of the players said to me, you like to gamble, right? I hear you on the air. I said, oh, yeah, only in days that end in a Y. He said, well, if there's a way to bet on Suzuki's second half, put your money on it because he's going to be a beast. He was right. He was a beast. And and we saw that at the end of the year, of course, when he was just one of the best players in baseball. He kind of took over where Bellinger sort of left off at that point. Right. And, you know, I want to talk – first, I want to bring in some friends of ours. Uh, Cap, uh, this is almost like a this is your uh, NBC Sports life because here comes Luis Medina and Michael Cerami. Oh, yeah, my guys. Cerami and I were on the phone the other day for like a half hour. We, you got, you guys have, you have no idea. I get, like, they're not drunk calls. They're angry calls from Cap after the Cubs. What the hell is your team doing? Is your bullpen speech? This is our team, pal. He he tweets about the fantastic, I think was the word, year that uh, Dansby Swanson had. And I tweeted, hey, Sparky, he's a solid, really good player. I'm glad we have him. Fantastic. He had 240 fucking eight. <laughs> 22 homers, five wars. 99 OPS plus. I love debating with him on the phone. We have a good time. But uh, we watched a ton of games together back in 2019, which was another year that kind of fizzled out on us. Um, I, you know, there were, for a, ver- a variety of reasons, uh, you know, every year that fails has its people to blame. And, and when I look at some stats here, I'm going to put up, something real quick and that's that's the Cubs win loss splits that they have up on baseball reference if you guys can see these and I'll go a little bit further I need my glasses yeah go ahead so the Cubs 42 um uh, 42 27 of the of the of the Cubs um sorry uh 42 of the Cubs 79 losses were by two runs or less mm-hmm. um so they were losing on the margins. Uh, they obviously were terrible in one-run games, 21 and 24, uh, even worse in two-run games. Uh, then you have they're lost on – they had a losing road record, a 1-5 and five, uh, record to end the season did not help that at all. Um, the Brewers, on the other hand, 29 and 18 in one-run games. Um, also, the the Brewers were great on the margins. Only half of their losses were with two – were under two runs. Cubs were bad in extra innings. They had a losing record there. Of course, we all know they were great in blowout games, 32 and 18 uh, by winning more by more than five runs. And against 500 uh, teams above 500, they had a losing record as well. So when I put all those kind of things together, what do the Cubs need to do on the periphery to turn those numbers around? Because if you turn them around, you're playing in the playoffs. I Michael guess. fixed their bullpen, right? Yeah, yeah they got to fix the bullpen. I mean, I, I was talking about this um, with Brett earlier today. You know, uh, 
setting aside what they didn't do at the deadline, I was listening to you guys totally agree with uh, that. Coming into the year, I think we were like uh, – Pretty confident that they had enough arms to get through the season. But when you get nothing at all from Keegan Thompson and next to nothing at all from Brad Boxberger and a horrible start from Michael Fulmer and nothing at all from Cody Hoyer, well, it's like those are four guys that you kind of counted on to gobble up a lot of innings and make it so that, one, they could figure out the bullpen more quickly than they did because it took them a long time this year for David Ross to figure it out. And two, make sure that those four guys don't end up, you know, pitching at 80, 90 inning rates in the middle of the season when they're the only guys that we could trust. So I think, like, the the loss of those guys early on made a huge, huge debt in their season that they just weren't able to recover from in those two ways. Um, and that was kind of it. That was kind of the story of the season. So hope for a little bit better luck, but get as much pitching as you can Um <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you gotta you get pitching. No, no, you agree? You need another top flight starter. You do you need someone. I think that's where they failed the biggest at the trade deadline was they knew Marcus Stroman wasn't right. They put him on the IL right after the deadline, and they didn't have anyone to back him up. Ben Brown wasn't ready. They weren't going to bring up Kate Horton. They needed another arm, and instead of getting another legit starter, they just kind of thought they'd cobble it together. And that's not how you make the playoffs. Doesn't matter how hot you are in July, they had to end up digging themselves out of a hole, and they fizzled in September. And I was thinking back to what, what Michael said earlier about you know the guys who were getting all these at bats in April, May: Trey Mancini, Tucker Barnhart, that Eric Hosmer. That's kind of where they lost a lot of games. Is is in the off season betting on those guys? You've got to make better bets. You've got to those, are, those yeah. are the guys you have to develop is and not sign in free agency. Here's your negative yeah. war players I'm putting up oh. right now. From Mancini, Mancini the worst, Hosmer, oh, and Luis, Barnhart. Luis Torrance. I totally forgot he was even on this team. <laughs> uh, so did he, I think. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't even think he knows he was on this team. I I know, Cap, you've got to go, but um, so I want to let you go, but I'm going to move you into the hot seat real quick because we do something on this show called the bitch clock. And yes. th- that is when uh, you get we, – we do 30 seconds on the clock, but you have to take a spin of the bitch clock wheel first. So just let me know when you want me to go, and I will uh, click spin. All right, go. All right, here we go. We will see where it lands. Oh, it's tension. Tension. So we've, we've got lots of different – okay, roster – looks like it's going to be roster construction is your topic. So we're going to throw you into the bitch clock hot seat. And uh, are you ready, Cap? I'm rocking and rolling, baby. Ready to go. Here we go. Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. Roster construction. All right. I'm tired of watching Miles Mastroboni get freaking start after start when he was pathetically bad. I don't care what he did like a week ago. Stop with that. That's number one. Number two, Tucker Barnhart. He may be a really nice guy. They went way too freaking long with this guy. 
You've got to be, continue to add to your freaking bullpen. Daniel Palencia can't be pitching with the goddamn season on the line. Stop your bitching. <laughs> nice job. Excellent. Good job. Good job. Very well done. C- coming to Ball Hawk Corner next year, I'm hoping. I want to get an actual big uh, like Wheel of Fortune wheel and just like sit there and let fans go at it on the bitch clock. But, That's um, really good. But that would be fun. Th- you know, I totally agree with you, Cap. It's like, you know, and we were just kind of talking about it. It's like they they wasted so much time, not only just with these players that weren't working out, and and all the fans knew. They're like, you got to get – you got to cut bait. Like, I've never seen so many fans at the same time disagree with the manager, disagree with the roster, disagree with the batting order. Like, I'm like, I've never – usually we argue about these things, but and, we all and, agreed and that then, it sucked. Ultimately, and the fans – are proven right. That's what never happens, right? Like, ultimately, they make all the changes that we want. They just did it three weeks too late, and they lost too many games doing it. But once they put together the team that I think the fans kind of wanted, that was their best stretch of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, the Eric Hosmer, it's like it's one thing to bet on Trey Mancini, a guy who's younger, had an injury, had a more recent stretch of good play. Okay, give him 100, 200 plate appearances to figure it out. It was never going to happen with Eric Cosmer. And everybody, everybody knew it. So, uh, you know, this is like, what are we doing? We didn't even get a a roster invite after. Like, Mancini, like, latched on with the Reds for a minute. Barnhart ended up with the Dodgers. No one even brought Hosmer in. Hosmer in, yeah. So, everything you needed to know. Cap, I, I got I got to ask you. Uh, give me a positive takeaway from this season. Something that you liked. I mean, you already talked about the trajectory of the team. Uh, what what do you what do you like uh, for twenty twenty four moving forward? They have salary space, and I think they're going to spend it. I think they'll spend it wisely. You know, when Jed says intelligent spending, everybody goes, "No, well, what does that mean?" I thought they spent intelligently in the offseason. Like, I'm glad Dansby Swanson is our shortstop. I just don't want him hitting in the middle of the lineup. And I said to Michael the other night, if you look at the Braves and the Orioles, just pick the top teams. Other than maybe, say, a Suzuki, we don't have anybody at the end of the year, the way they're playing, that you go, oh, he'd be in the top three or four on that team hitting. Like, Bellinger cooled off dramatically. Say a is the one guy that might be a difference maker on the really good teams. We need a freaking star. Cerami had a great idea. Let's go trade for Juan Soto. I mean, yeah. No, I, it, once, it's going to happen. Somebody of that caliber, I totally agree. Just uh, real quick, I'll, I'll put up who our stars are. These are the only Cubs in the top 10 in MLB and anything. And uh, Bellinger is ninth in slugging, sixth in batting average. You got half with walks. Candelario, who's gone, it was sixth in doubles. You got Horner with hits and stolen bases, but that's not home runs. And then uh, the rest of our pitching staff. So I, I totally agree. It's like you've got nobody that's totally fearsome in the lineup. You need yeah. a face of your freaking team. You need a guy that everyone goes, wow, that guy can freaking hit. So your positivity is that hopefully something positive will happen. I appreciate the I appreciate the optimism, Cap. <laughs> and I think yeah, Cade you went straight to the accounting. Turn out to be a monster. Who? Cade Horton. Cade Horton. Yeah, yeah. We got some guys coming. So, well, I know your son's over. I know you have dinner uh, waiting for you and, and your family. And I love seeing your husky dog. What's his name or her name? Sparky. 
Sparky. <laughs> Hell of a dog name. <laughs> I've got Sparky so, and Stan. So whenever you're just, yelling at people. We just lost Yoshi a few weeks ago, but we still have Stanley and Sparky, and we're having Smashburger tacos tonight. Oh, very nice. Well, enjoy that. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you again, I'm sure, soon. And th- thanks. Keep the podcast coming with you and Gordo because it's my favorite thing to do is to listen to you guys argue. It's just yeah. wonderful. We go at it. So it'll be fun. I look forward to seeing you guys. And if you do your deal at uh, Michael at, uh, was it HVAC? Is that where we were at last year? Yeah, yeah. Let me know. You're we'll back, all, baby. We'll get together. Thanks for coming on, Cap. And uh, thanks for having me. You guys have a great night. Keep it up. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you, Cap. Have a great winter. So he's the um, best. He really is. No, I I love Cap. I I I unfortunately work at the same time that he's doing his show, so I can never have it on. You know, I'd have to listen to it. But but him and him and Gordon Wittenmeyer, especially now that Gordon works for the Reds and doesn't have to like be a fake Cubs fan. He, it's so weird to see his tweets. Does it throw you guys off when he's talking about the Reds? I'm like, yeah, it's 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 weird. It, it's weird to me. It's like, why does he keep tweeting about Ellie De La Cruz? Oh, right, because he's in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh, is David Ross the right manager? I saw this on Bleacher Nation the other day, and it cracked me up. It was the mm. I don't know who photoshopped this. Great job, Michael. You, I I spit out my coffee. I was like, bah! And of course, <laughs> this is beautiful for the podcast listeners. It's the end of Doctor Strangelove, when that cowboy soldier is uh, riding the bomb to start basically the end of the world, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, David Ross is a uh, photos faces photoshopped on that soldier. But um, what do you think, uh, David Ross? Would and and would there be anybody better that that you could see the Cubs going with? It reminds me a lot of um, the entire conversation or lesson we learned uh, with respect to Wilson Contreras uh, versus like Jan Gomes. Let's say so. Uh, and the point there being, Wilson Contreras was, you know, a hitter, a hitting catcher, right? And then we sort of learned along the way that a guy like Jan Gomes, who theoretically shouldn't hit as well, but receives better, calls games better, manages the pitching staff better, all those soft factors that we kind of dismissed over the years actually mean a lot. So then I look at David Ross and I look at someone like, like Craig Pouncil, just because his name's, I'm just using it as an example. Everything that you hear from, players like publicly or privately or people around the team, they all talk about David Ross being like the guy for the teams in the clubhouse for the players. And they want to play for him. They play hard for him and he gets the best out of them. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm trying to believe that that matters because on the flip side, I fundamentally disagree with the moves he makes in games very often. And it's like, that that stuff is just so much more visible. That's Contreras hitting home runs. Him in the locker room is Jan Gomes managing the pitching staff. And it's like, I'm trying to remember that there's stuff that we can't always see or understand or know. Um, but if he fucking calls for a bump one more time, like I'm going to lose my mind because it's so easy to not do the obvious stuff wrong. Like, it, and, to, and to put a button on that, and then I'll let Luis do his version of it, is like, I actually didn't think – I don't think his bullpen management is his biggest flaw. I think the bullpen kind of sucked for most of the year, and he just kind of did what he had to do. Um, the lineups, the the playing time choices, 
the bunting, the like that's the stuff that really irked me. And it was like I'm starting to get to a point where even if you are this outstanding clubhouse manager, player manager, you know, guy, then it, you're negating that value by making poor decisions in the game. So bottom line, I don't think he's going to be fired. Um, I don't, I'm not out here calling for him to be fired. That might change a year from now, but it's not right now. But also if they were to go get Craig Council, I also wouldn't be heartbroken by it. So I've softened like immensely from where I was. Um, and it's because of a lot of roster and in-game decisions that just like are wearing at me. What, what do you think of, uh, what do you think of Russ? The yeah. Ross GPT, I call him. The Ross I love GPT. that, by the way. So here's the thing about David Ross. It's, it's one of those things that a Chicago sports fan should be very familiar with in that the players like him. He's not the worst manager in the world. I lived through Tom Treblehorn. I lived through Mike Quaddy. I'll survive David Ross. Now, I think, uh, I think of David Ross the same way I used to think about Lovey Smith. Like, could the Bears get better than Lovey Smith? Sure. But don't fire David Ross if you're going to, like, take, like, I don't know, Will Venable. Because you're going to be going through the same thing with a first-time manager. You're going to be feeding him all this information, and it's a, it's a whole new thing. I think David Ross can be a good manager and the right manager. I think he might need a, a, a better bench coach. He might he just need – I think he needs someone in that clubhouse like, hey, don't bunt. Or, hey – Maybe don't use this guy in, in leverage situations. But some of that stuff was, was you know, who's in that bullpen? Daniel Palencia throws hard. I love Cat, man. He nailed that. Like, Palencia throws hard, but you had no idea where it was going. It's, you know, this is Latino Ricky Vaughn out here. So <laughs> I, I think of Ross and, like, if Craig Council becomes available, go get him. If Buck Showalter says you, he wants to manage the Cubs, I'd think about it. But other than that, Man, you can do a lot worse. I know a lot of people pining for Gabe Kapler, and I saw the Eno Saris tweet from uh, from the Athletic where he was talking about how he kind of, you know, kind of rides his players. It's just like, man, that's that's not what this like. These players got ridden hard, and that's why they that's one of the reasons they collapsed. Like, you don't really need that. You don't need that with, with this team next year. It did seem like he forgot to use his fresh legs. He for, it seemed like he forgot that some people were on the team. Like scenario. you know what 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 pissed me off about that too is um so like did PCA look good no you know like no um and but I still think he should have played um and played differently than he did and then Canario is another one of those guys that was hot and it's like maybe he would have been exposed eventually but how many times do we need to see a prospect come up and uh, before the book is out on him have a red hot two weeks before anyone figures him out it happens. Every time, like like almost always, and we could have used that for the last two weeks of the season. So it's like let yeah, him right, right, go hit right, five right, homers until yeah, exactly until they figure him out and then take him out. Whatever. Like what kills me was that he saw Joe Madden do that. He saw Joe Madden ride hot waves. He saw Joe Madden use Javi in a way. It was like Javi's not going to start, but he's going to get in the middle innings. He's going to get a couple at bats. So you're going to get the bat. Maybe you'll run into a homer, but you're going to get good defense. I don't know why he didn't do that with PCA or Canario. Because I'm just like, he saw how this worked with a championship-winning team. It's like, why, why didn't you do that? Meanwhile, okay. he, he loves yeah. veterans. I mean, Okay, he just, so he, yeah. he does love veterans a little, a little too much sometimes. Here's my issue with the manager thing. Everybody's calling for... David Ross has said, I don't think that's the issue. I personally, 
I'm done with the Jed Hoyer uh, experiment. Like, I'm, I'm done. He's been here for the entire Theo run and now for his own run. It's not like he just showed up and we still need to give him more time to figure it out. I personally don't believe he's doing a great job of maybe evaluating exactly what he's got right at the time, like bringing up the right guys at the right time, stuff like that. Well, and it seems like there's a I wonder if that deal, if that's a problem that he has with Ross as well, maybe they're not on the same page. I almost feel like if you get a different upper front office and David Ross stays, you might actually have a better situation than if you fire David Ross and continue on with the same. Well, you're really office. talking about uh, changing things fundamentally. And that is Absolutely, like, feels like starting I want to know, I want to know, I want you guys, this is your chance to tee off on the noob over here talking shit about well, let's, Jed Hoyer because lots of people like to do it. I want to give you guys a let, chance. Let's add, let's add Jed Hoyer to the bitch clock wheel then. And um, I'm going to put Luis in the hot seat first. And um, we're, we're going to start the bitch clock yet once again. Um, but first, uh, here we have to take the, uh, the wheel out here. I've got to get everything situated here. So I will add Jed Hoyer to the list here in case you get him. I don't know if you feel like you could bitch about him, Luis. Oh, I think but, I can. But let's go, <laughs> let's take a spin of the wheel. Uh, round and round and round she goes. Okay, what do we get? Oh, the bull penis terrible. It looks like we're going to come up with the bull penis terrible. Are you ready, Luis? Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. Of all the years to put together a shitty bullpen, Jed Hoyer picked a really bad year to put together a shitty bullpen. All those years where we were selling and you had Michael Givens give you a good half year, David Robertson give you a good half year before selling. Where were those guys when you needed them? Where was this year's David Robertson? Julie Murray at Puerto Rico was good. Edward Elzali, they wasted way too many bullets in, in no leverage situation. What a waste of a year. Stop your bitching. So it seems to me that you had a little bit more of a problem with the uh, bullpen management uh, than even Michael did. Yeah, I had I had issues with that with that yeah. bullpen management. You know, you know what the biggest thing is? They were lucky. To, they stumbled into Albert Ozlai being a closer. What were they going to do without that happening? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, seriously, he was the third guy they tried. Didn't we say you know? in 2019 that was a potential? Like, you know, if he doesn't make it as a starter, he's got both. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I, 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 why did they wait so long? No, that's not even – that's not my point. My point is they got into this year – they, uh, it, who was, uh, it didn't work out with Michael Fulmer. Uh, Keegan Thompson was gone. Cody Hoyer was a closer to be. He was Boxberger. gone. Boxberger, they tried. It was like a uh, Mark Leiter Jr. ended up being like uh, a late. If Albert like didn't take the step forward, we all thought he could do it, but it was not the plan. If you begin to look at the beginning of the season, he was used in low leverage, multi-inning yeah. appearances, not he was not part of the closing plan, and they stumbled into that. So that made them look even better than they were lucky. You know what I'm saying? That that was they lucked into that, and it wasn't great. They're like, so. saying, like guys like us saw it. Why he was their best? Look, like it took a couple of low levers. Like okay, like let's get Alzali up there, and he, they kept rolling him out for these two inning blowout appearances. Like why? 
Yeah, that's yeah. my point. <laughs> like, they Lu- Luis, when you were ranting, it made me think about something. You you reminded me of all these guys that had those good first halves, and then they moved on. But if I remember right, a lot of those guys didn't go on to have good second halves with the team that they went to, and maybe Robertson did. Robertson but, did, but like, no, like guys in the first half, you could have won some more games in the first half that you lost, like that Houston game. Yes. No, it, it just makes me wonder, like, maybe the plan went right. They just didn't get rid of those guys at the trade deadline, and <laughs> then we got it. Well, the the Marlins games, too, the the bullpen blew early on in the season. It was that horrific May, a lot, of, a lot of bullpen. At the end, of course, you know, the epic collapse of September was a lot of bullpen. But, Michael, oh, I Brandon think- Hughes, too. That's Brandon- another name we haven't brought up. And that was the guy they were supposed to, you know – be a big deal this I, year. I can show you real quick, and just the sheer amount of n- of number of people. This is everybody that pitched in the out of the bullpen, including <laughs> Miles Mastroboni. It's so small that you can barely even read it. Tucker but, Barnhart, four yeah, innings. Ju- yeah, four <laughs> innings. Like that. That does not bode well for your season. Julian Mer- Merriweather leading. This is so- sorted by innings pitched. Seventy-two innings. That's that's a lot for a guy that you didn't even know was going to make the team out of spring training or not. You know. They're, so I, but I, I do want to. We have to take it to commercial break. But before we do, I want to uh, put. Michael Cerami in the bitch clock seat. So uh, I'm going to share my bitch clock screen. And um, anything you want me to add to this bitch clock? We have Marquee Network, Ricketts is cheap, Bullpen is terrible where he did, not playing the kids, David Ross we talked about, run differential, September collapse. Um, the, we got uh, anything to add here? On Marquee. <laughs> uh, whatever, I'll bitch about anything you got. Let's see what we got to bitch about. All right, we have... Ooh, I like this one. The September Collapse. All right. Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. You can't blame the tiredness of your key players as a primary reason for the collapse of your team when you refuse to otherwise rest those players at any point throughout the season despite clear evidence that they are not at their best uh, or the best versions of themselves or evidence of other players taking rest earlier on in the season like say Suzuki coming back healthy and more effective. Danzy Swanson played way too much. Ian Happ, Nico Horner, they all played way too much and that's when it led to in September. Man, 30 seconds is hard. Amen. Amen. Well, it used to be 60, but I didn't have time for that. I got like 15, 20 guests coming on this show. Uh, that's a lot of time. Yeah. So I'm like, we got to do 30-second bitch clocks. I mean, Sarah Sanchez alone could do 15 minutes and never <laughs> stop. Like, she's incredible. But um, so I know I, I completely agree with you. We're gonna. Can you guys hang out a little bit longer? Yeah, um, or you got to go because I mean, if you got to go, you got to go. That's fine. But I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna do a commercial, and then I'm gonna bring Crawley on. If you guys can do another 15 minutes all together, I'd love it. I can do it. I, I can't do it. I got the. I'm, gonna, I'm getting the eyes already because the baby's well, trying to sleep. <laughs> I understand. Well, then, then I got to play you your outro music before oh. I play the commercial. So, Michael, thanks for coming on. Luis, sticking around. So, uh, but it's great to talk to you. I'll see you. I'm sure this off season we'll definitely party a little bit. But uh, I, I miss doing a show with you, and so it's fun to do even a little one a little bit. So uh, here's a, a blast from the past, uh, a theme song, and then a commercial, and we'll be right back. Outside the ivy, coming out. 
Welcome back to the Sun Ranto Ranters Ranter Roundtable Autopsy. Um, we're here. Uh, I'm Danny Rocket. That's Michael Cotton to my right. Luis, here. Luis Medina from uh, the Bleacher Nation uh, blog is here. And Bleacher has, Nation's Taylor Swift expert is expert. Asked. Yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit. How, you know, dating a football player. How about how do you like that? Yeah. Um, hashtag. Hashtag chance in the chat to win a freight chance postcard sent to you by me. And welcome uh, our co-host, Infield Fly Girl. Hi, everybody. Did Hi. we share what we're drinking today yet? Yeah, what are you drinking? I am drinking some boxed wine because it's cheap. <laughs> I haven't seen the and not very boxes. good. And when it's all over, you don't feel good. You know, sounds like the Cubs. <laughs> I really wish those boxes had that little straw, like in the uh, the the sun, yeah. the sun, and you just stabbed it in there and you just sucked it out of the straw. That'd be great. Well, we did that in college, we engineered one <laughs> just like that. We did. We, that's what we did. Well, <laughs> I'd like to bring on uh, a good friend of ours, former co-host of the Sun Ranto Show, always here in our hearts. It's it's Crawley. I know he, the day after a. Uh, of the season and the Cubs don't play anymore is always a tough day for Crawley um, from the fly, the W podcast. He's what are you, what are you drinking and nursing your sorrows with spotted cow? Of course. From our abandoned trip to Wisconsin, I brought some home. <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, I have switched to uh, everything rhymes with orange IPA from rough tail brewing. Ooh, that sounds fun. So, it is actually really good. I got it down in New Mexico or uh, Oklahoma. New Mexico, Oklahoma, the same place, right? <laughs> Somewhere so, out west. So I wanted, I would like to talk about. What's yours, Luis? Hold I'm on. Here. He was showing it, but I couldn't quite see it. It's, it's Harold's Honey Ale. Oh, um, yeah. But by Jay. Jay Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. The Black Beer Bear and Jay Westbrook brewed that stuff. It's, it's absolutely it's, amazing. It's a top three beer for me. Hold on. Nice. It is. It's really incredible, and uh, they have that on tap, I believe, at a couple of breweries too. Yes. So, um, I want to talk about the hitting, the Cubs batting, and I'm going to put up really the guys that led the team. Uh, oh, we lost the Cubs. So homers. It was Belly. He's he's probably gone. Then Bellinger led in batting average. OBP was Talkman. OPS was Belly. Strikeouts, uh, Swanson actually led the pack with that, which is a little disconcerting. Hap uh, was really, I think he was sixth most walks in the majors, 99 walks for us. Uh, Tockman had the best walk-to-strikeout ratio. Horner stole the more, most bases. Belly, 97 RBI, le leads it. Um, he also scored the second most runs Horner uh, did. So really, between Horner and Bellinger, uh, with one of those guys being gone, uh, what do the Cubs have next year without Cody Bellinger? Problems. <laughs> Big problems. I mean, uh, and, and not only that, it's just, you, you, I mean, you didn't know coming in that he would have this massive resurgence, and he's definitely going to be the comeback player of the year. And so, 
you know, I just imagine, you know, uh, Scott Boris walking like Scrooge the Duck counting the dollars getting ready because that's going to be a big old payday. And I, I I really don't see the Cubs being in on it, to be honest with you. Even though it's a position that they need, uh, I mean, we saw what PCA did when he came up. It looked a little bit overmatched by hitting, maybe needs a little bit more time to cook or at least a somebody to back up and take meaningful at-bats if he can't do it. Um, and also a first baseman the Cubs don't seem to have either. So, I mean, even though he fits the mold and the, the way he fit it this year, you don't see that happening, Crawley? Nobody's going to like to hear it, but, uh, you know, San Francisco got left at the altar with the Carlos Correa thing, and they wanted, they just fired Gabe Kapler. They're going to want to make a huge splash. And then the Yankees, I mean, you know, if you read anything about New York shit, they're pissed off. And then I'm always scared of uh, of Big Daddy Steve Cohen coming in and just swiping in and grabbing whatever he wants. So, I mean, do I think the Cubs are going to, you know, be in on it? I'm sure at a certain point. But, you know, Danny, you and I have gone to Club 400 and they have those auctions. And at a certain point, you just step back and let, let those guys swing at it. I just, I don't, I, I would be very surprised if, if the Cubs end up with Cody Bellinger on the team. That would be surprising to me. That'll be disappointing if he's not. It's, it's. He's great center fielder, great first baseman. And really, honestly, I know it's not a popular opinion, but if he's just your first baseman moving forward, I'm not going to complain. Like, I had Grace and Derek Lee and Rizzo. Through my lifetime, the Cubs have had great first basemen. They have not had great first basemen since Rizzo left, and it, it mattered this year. There were games where, like, defense at first base mattered, where Patrick Wisdom or Jamer or... Mancini or even Hosmer. Like, if you had Cody out there at first, you'd maybe win a couple more games. And you, and we're having a playoff conversation and not a an autopsy conversation. No, I'm not like, saying it's. I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just a sad drunk today. <laughs> well, what else is doing? I, mean, I, I just started drinking, and I'm with you. I like. I I feel like the Cubs will put enough rumors out there that the bloggers will be able to say that they tried really, really hard, uh, but that they got outbid by another team that wanted it more. Well, I mean, look at this war list here. I mean, he didn't even, he was 4.4. This is B war. uh, 4.4 B war. Dansby and Horner were above him uh, in war. And then it falls off pretty significantly with Happett just under three. Uh, Suzuki under three overall, Talkman uh, as well. So, I mean, how do you replace that and sell people you're competing? You know, it, if you're not going to show up for Belly, there's Otani is out there. I know that, you know, we would all like him on the team. I mean, uh, what do, what will they do? They can't say they're competing and just hope that PCA turns into the rookie of the year, right? I mean, I am. What, what concerns me is that the free agent market to me looks real weak, real yeah. weak, and 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 I, I just think that, that 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 like literally, it's like Otani at the top, no doubt, and then you go right down, you got Bellinger, and then everything else is a steaming pile of shit, and literally, it's going to be everybody all in on those two guys, and that's it. And that's you know, I, I wish we've we've been around long enough to know that they're not just going to write a blank check. Not going to happen. So, 
you know, uh, what's, what's going to happen. I don't know, but I do want to say hi to the ranters because I love these guys. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and, and I saw that blue dabs 420 had some interesting things, you know, talking about how Cody prefers to play center fielder. And then that's something to keep in mind too. Um, and, and just, you know, just some other things, man. And, and, and the, and the idea that the Cubs need a 40 home run corner infielder. I was so impressed with how Saya finished the year minus that, uh, missed catch, the Brant Brown moment. But, uh, in general, you know, when I was, even when I was on the show, I'm not a big Ian Hap guy. Um, I, I thought the extension was a mistake. Um, just considering what they had in the system, what I was looking at in the farm system. And so like to me, I felt that Ian Happ this year taking a step back, both uh, with the bat and the glove, really hurt the Cubs this year, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and left field, is that's kind of one of those positions uh, that you can uh, kind of move guys in and out of just to get the bat in there, right? You Absolutely. know, like that, that it doesn't have to be necessarily the best fielder in the world. That's nice when you have one, but, st- but still, you're just looking for like a second DH or something like that out and left. And with Happ, you get the switch hitter, Batting third, and then when he bats righty, he's like a he's under league average player. So like it's only good from the left side. So yeah, I agree. It's kind of like taking up a little space. I want to bring another voice into this conversation, and that's my co-host on the Cup of Cubby Blue podcast and part of the Bleacher Bunch yeah, Network. If you're, not, yeah. if you're not subscribed to that, you should be. The Bleacher Bunch is where you get all your Cubs news. Also fly the W at Bleacher Nation. We got everybody here. We get we all get our news from each other. Um, actually, I, I get the news from you guys, and then I make fun of it is really what happens. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Sarah Sanchez here. Uh, Sarah, how do the Cubs improve themselves offensively next year? Is it going to come from the rookies? Is it going to come from the free agent market? Is Big Daddy Ricketts going to write a check? What's going to happen? They need to spend money. And I'm not sure they're going to spend money based on the comments that were made at the end of the season. I mean, I'm honestly, they're talking about like Tom Ricketts interview on the game yesterday was like, basically like, well, we like the spending levels where they are and we're, we're going to stick with that. And I'm like, well, we don't. The, the spending levels where they are won 82, 83 games. So that seems like it's going to fall a little short. This team is nowhere without that whole like Cody Bellinger hot streak in May to August, like literally nowhere. And you pull Cody Bellinger's bat out of that lineup. It's a 400 win percentage team. So Even I'm not entirely sure what the plan it. is, but spending at current levels can't be it. You don't yeah. believe in Mike Talkman, Sarah? Is that what you're trying to say? Dude, I love Mike Talkman more than anybody this side of Wilson Contreras. And no, I do not think Mike Talkman is going to let, is going to save the Chicago Cubs. They need a center fielder. They need a first baseman. They probably need to re-sign Jamer Candelario. They definitely need at least two lefties in the pen. And I, and they might lose a Stroman or a Kyle Hendricks. And then they're going to need a pitcher too. So I just, I really don't see how they keep things at current spending levels and get better. You know, I, I, I just, I, I think that the other thing about losing Cody Bellinger is that I think that if Taylor Swift was to date a Cubs player, Luis, 
I think it would be Cody Bellinger. And so I think that that would have easily pushed the Cubs up to the 3 million in the attendance mark if Cody Bellinger would date Taylor Swift. She would absolutely be failing if that was her choice. Christopher Morrell all day long. If Taylor Swift is dating somebody, it's Chris. By the way, I'm trying to manifest the Cody Bellinger thing. I'm wearing a Cody Bellinger. Remember Remember on 420 when he hit a ball 420 feet? And he looks high all the time. Well, uh, our friends at In the Clutch made this great high time spoof shirt. So, yeah, so he's, he's, one of those. Got, he's got to reside just to make this shirt worthwhile. We got so many Cody memes that that went unused this year. I, I need him back. <laughs> I need him back too. I think he makes this team better. I mean, I've been saying for months now, you can't spell Bellinger without RBI. That dude was clutch in the middle of the lineup. He has been unbelievable, and he plays great defense at two different positions. And I do not see the Cubs – I think Luis said this a second ago. Maybe it was Crawley. Like, I do not see the Cubs spending the money that it will take to get Cody Bellinger away from the New York Yankees or the San Francisco Giants. And I'm not sure who well, else they can the Dodgers again, like or trade for that yeah. will have that kind of impact on this lineup. And, and I'm sorry to all of the prospect people out there. I do not think Pete Crow Armstrong or Matt Mervis can replace Cody Bellinger. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to see – with all due respect to Matt Mervis – I don't want to see 500 plate appearances of that guy. From what I saw last year, that wasn't it, and I don't see where it gets better. If I don't even care about the plate appearances. I don't even care about the plate appearances. He can't hold his own defensively. Like, Cody Bellinger, when he finally got his opportunity, and I'm going to call it an opportunity, whether he wants to play first base or not, he's a damn good first baseman. And sometimes you just got to tell a player, this is where we need you. Right, Nico Horner? And, uh, you know, but he goes over to first. He could be an all-star over there. He was hands down. It was easily to, easy to see that he was the best first baseman on their team. They had tried Mancini, Hosmer, Mervis, and Young before they got to him. Well, and and who, who do you – if not Bellinger, then who? Like, that's just it. You don't have somebody coming up if it's not going to be Mervis. And uh, I don't know. They didn't bring him back up, so it seems like they weren't high on him. Maybe he can play his way onto the team at spring training or something like that. or You know, but if that's the plan, I, none of us are going to be for it. It's Hayden Dan. McCreary. Hayden McCreary. Yeah, well, and then, you know, these Hayden guys – well, and, and then and then the other question, of course, is third base because we like got a lot of people talking in the in the chat. It's you know Madrigal seemed to be the guy that you went in there with every day. And I, I'm sorry, him. we have a third baseman, Chris Morrell. I th- I think should be the third baseman. Uh, if they here's my I, hold, hold on, I see I see Luis rolling his eyes on the Christopher Morrell. I love Christopher Morrell. I don't think he's ready to be an everyday third baseman. I think he's best in the hobby role. We, me and Danny have discussed this a bunch. Play it, you can start him at second, third, short, all the outfield spots, DH, a different spot every day. You, you don't even need to start him. Bring him in in the middle innings. You know. But you saw you saw what they did with uh, Nick Madrigal at the beginning of this season. Did you think Nick Madrigal was going to be a good third baseman? He's still not a good third baseman. Well, true. He was but I mean, he was and didn't make airs, but he also didn't make like stellar plays all the time that we were like, whoa, that was great. See, and, I, and I feel- not, if he sees a baseball field 25 times in a season, he yanks a hammy. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think, I think Christopher Morrell has the, because of who that guy is and what he does, I do believe he's got the opportunity to be, be that guy that makes these big plays. 
I think he'll also be the Javi that sometimes doesn't make those plays. But I think if you just give him the opportunity to play the position that he came up playing, he's going to be – he'll be better than Madrigal, and they let Madrigal play every damn day. You know, and, and Patrick Wisdom got uh, some starts over there at third base, and he struck out a bunch yeah. and he hit – hit, and I think he was, what, second in home runs with Morrell. So out of that third no, base – Morrell was at 26 – with Cody Bellinger. With Bellinger, yeah. Yeah. And he played in 30, 23 less games. Than yeah. Bellinger. Homers went Bellinger with 26, Morrell with 26, and Wisdom with 23. And so, you know, pretty basically one out of every, what, eight times <laughs> that M- Wisdom. Morrell is Aramis Ramirez. Morrell no. is Ra- like I, <laughs> all the Latinos on the call. That's some blasphemy, <laughs> man. I'm telling you. I, I have an idea. How Morel's about your guy, said, Ramos Ramirez didn't get there by dude, not getting to play third base. I love Morel. The bat is special. The swing is sweet. The power is exponential. He is not a Ramos Ramirez. Like Ramos Ramirez is whatever the tier right below Hall of Fame is. That's where Ramos Ramirez lives. And Christopher Morel aspires to like be an All Star someday. But you can't. He can't get there if you don't allow him to do it. That's my problem with the situation is that they just won't let him play the position. They let a weak-armed second baseman with no bat power play there all year long, and he and he got better. He got way better. He, may yeah, not he, be went, he went from five crow hops to three. <laughs> he may idea. not be good, but he got better. And a guy like Morrell, I think he could actually become – special and it it drives me nuts that he's a good enough athlete he can play any place on the field except for the one position that he came up playing it still drives me nuts that uh that magical got a bobblehead before ian hap what the hell (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't give that thing away i tried to give away a magical bobblehead at a bleacher bum band show and whoever won it left it there and then (laughs) i'm like oh come on we need, then, a, we need a bobble hamstring for him, like where his leg just wiggles. It's like <laughs> operation. <laughs> yeah, no, they got a cool – they have a Wilson Contreras that Myrtle Beach did that has the little arm with the Wilson beach ball. You do something like that with his little leg hanging. Yeah. I have an idea. So here's my here's my thought. How about we get Christopher Morrell and Patrick Wisdom and Nick Madrigal and we stick them all in the lead-on season and see who lasts a month? Ooh, that's fun. I saw you put the starting uh, – I saw, I saw you put the uh, – whatchamacallit? The roster, the roster yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was very excited. It looks like a lot of Cubs and former Cubs on there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's just one team. Now, there are, there are, there are six teams. So, But, you know, I follow the Aguilas Ibañez, and it, they've got Christopher Morel and his baby brother. Their, his uh, baby brother, Rafael, was their first-round pick this year. Uh, Starling Castro's there. Aramendi Alcantara is there. Pedro Strope is in the bullpen. Oh, nice. It's going to be so much fun. I'm oh, a- my God. I, I I just found what I'm doing all winter long. Exactly. Aguilas fan over here. I no ran doubt. into Rafael Morel in spring training, and I started talking to him thinking it was Christopher because they look so, so much, much alike. Yeah. It's unreal. So, well, at least when you spoke hey, Spanish I- to him, he understood it. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was much better than Michael Hermosillo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, no habla inglés, bro. Um, so, uh, Sarah. I'm from Canada, dude. <laughs> Sarah, you, Sarah, you are the uh, queen of the bitch clock, and we got to do a little, we got to do a little bitch clock, and I think, and then we're going to bring on a couple more guests. We're going to let Luis go, so we got room on the screen for all the people. Um, but, uh, but first we're going to do a little bitch clock with Sarah. Um, Sarah, here, I don't know if you saw the categories earlier, um, but there's quite a few. Hopefully we don't get any repeats here, but um, tell me when to spin. Yeah, go ahead and spin it. I thought Cap did a pretty good job, though. I was like, I, I don't know, man. Cap might be coming from I the would, ground. I would love to see you versus Cap bitch clock off. That'd be great. Ooh, I don't know if you want to do this one. Oh, no. <laughs> North Shore <laughs> Adult <laughs> Diapers. <laughs> I'll take the challenge. That's fine. Okay. All right. I, oh. I like it. Okay. Are, are, are you ready? Wait, hold on. Hold on. For the podcast listeners, North Shore Adult Diapers just came up on the Bitch Clock. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got you. Here we go. Bitch Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. The craziest thing about this Cubs season is that the most entertaining part of all of it was watching how Pat and Ron were going to read the North Shore adult diapers ad every time somebody walked for all of your control needs. And unfortunately for the Chicago Cubs, they got to read that ad a lot because there were walks in all of the worst situations that you can possibly imagine. Why is that? Because Jen Blair lost his ability to build a bullpen this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with misunderstanding the new pitching rules. But I hope they can fix that next season or we're going to hear that ad a lot. Stop your bitching. God, she, she not only like rips into the thing, but she also hits it right on the number. Like when it's like she stops and yeah. then they say, stop your bitching. Everybody else has been like, kind of like going over it. Over, like yeah. you're fighting with the end of it. And you know, she's it the every queen. Time. It's why she's the queen. It's amazing. Um, Cap was really good though. Like I, I might, I might have like, I, I might have to bow down to Cap. Cap was really good. You know, the thing that it was funny about the North Shore diapers thing is that it, it totally ruined a Hall of Fame broadcaster's call for like a good year, you know, <laughs> until he figured out that I could just fuck around with this and make fun of it. But I always thought that it walks were the in, was inappropriate to be sponsoring diapers. It really should be runs, don't you think? Oh, man. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Don't give them any ideas, Danny. It's already it's already awkward enough. Yeah, well, the Cubs, <laughs> Cubs don't score a lot of runs. Crawley, uh, how, about, how about you in the bitch clock? Are you ready to take a spin? Yeah, let's take a spin. But, man, uh, North Shore adult diapers, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> let's see what we get. Round and round she goes. Where she stops, only the bitch clock knows. <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh, Cubs, Cubs Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> nice. Crawley, all over the Cubs Twitter. This is perfect for you. Yeah. Is Braves Twitter on here? Bitch Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. I can tell you one thing about Cubs Twitter. I've never seen a bigger whiny bunch of bitches in my life. Everybody's <laughs> trying to top themselves to see who didn't quit first. Congratulations, you're all just blowing smoke up your own asses. Really, if you really want to care about a team, then go to games. Stop doing it virtually. I understand if you don't live there, but how many of you people that kind of put pictures and all that stupid shit up there don't even go to a fucking game or never drink a beer at Wrigley? Go to hell and quit your fucking bitching. That's my bitch clock for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he finished with one second. Like, that's all. Stop your bitching. Just early. Big points off for that. 
No, I don't know. Like to drink a beer after after tearing down Cubs Twitter, like pretty. I, I'd say that was a, a nice but teardown. I too. will say after that rant, Crawley, there is a guy in in Iowa somewhere with one tear rolling down, going, "I can only go to twenty games a year." Oh, and he takes people's seats. <laughs> But you know what? Hey, go go to see go to see Alex Cohen in the Iowa Cubs. The Des Moines man, the, the city, the S's are silent, but the city's buzzing. Um, because they have problem with their power structure. I don't oh, yeah, know what's dude. going on up there. So uh, we're going to take another quick break, and then uh, we're going to say goodbye to Luis. Luis, thank you so much for coming on uh, the the Sun Ranto Ranter uh, Roundtable Autopsy. Um, it, you know, you're, you're just one of my favorite people in the world, and it's always fun to talk Cubs with you. So yeah, always a pleasure. One last Christopher Morel note: thirty-seven home runs in AAA and the majors this year. Maybe we should give him a shot full time. I, yeah, hey, I'm I'm telling you, Luis. I'm open to it. Christopher Morel's my guy. I'm open to it. So we'll we'll be we'll be right back. Hashtag chance in the chat. We'll be right back. Hey, Danny, I just want to thank you for not putting me on at the same time as that bastard Eric Wheelow. Oh, he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll be on at eight thirty if you uh, want Jesus, to stick around. Jesus Christ! I, so he started like tagging me on all his anti Cubs shit, and then all of a sudden I got like this other Milwaukee comic. I thought that bit was taken. You're it fucking lucky that, he, that Danny didn't give you his phone number or give him your phone number. I I get texts from this guy now. Oh, uh, <laughs> I did. I did. I gave Eric Wheel and Michael Cotton's phone number. Because <laughs> Michael, Michael texted me. He's like, did you give Wheelow my number? I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I'm just going to interrupt if I can. I'm sorry. I had a, a really great question show up in the chat. We just mentioned that a bunch of Cubs are going to be in lead on this year. Dominic Alora wants to know how you can watch those games. It's so easy. It used to be a whole thing. You had to like buy a subscription. They're right on MLB TV. Now, you can't watch them on a delay. You have to watch them live for reasons. Um, but they're on MLB TV, usually on at like 6.30 Eastern time. Um, and that's every day but Thursday. They take Thursdays off, so everybody's nice and rested for the weekend. Uh, oh, Sunday wait. They usually- take one day off a week? Yes. Who had an idea like that? I don't know. And, oh, that would be that would be every major professional league on earth except for MLB. Except for Major League Baseball. Uh, oh, and also Japan, Japan, Taiwan, and Korea don't play on Mondays. Lead on doesn't play on Thursdays. Yeah, very cool. I, I love those games. And if you're practicing Spanish, like I'm always practicing Spanish, it's a great way to learn Spanish too because they call the games in Spanish. So And if you are a member of the Sun Ranto Patreon supporters. You, my friend, could be a part of us watching those games. If you're having a hard time finding them, maybe we could find we, them for you. We'll throw a few up on our feed so that you can listen and watch with us. But it's going to cost you a little bit, but it's absolutely worth it. It is such a good group, and we do wonderful things like this. And our season doesn't end on October First, second, second. I'll tell you, I have, I, have, gee, I am impressed with the MLB app now. I think MLB is 100% worth it as far as all the minor league stuff, all, all the Latino baseball stuff like that. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> it's I, great for everything except for actual major league baseball. <laughs> With the blackouts and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that it can't really do. 
Did y'all see yesterday they just like were waving blackout stuff? They're like, yeah, we're just going to let everybody in the state of Michigan watch Miguel Cabrera's last game. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And also you can do that and you don't do it more often. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I would like to uh, bring another friend and voice, uh, a great Cubs blogger. He runs Cubs Insider, where they amalgamate uh, all of us, all the podcasts that uh, the Cubs, uh, that us, that the Sunranzo Show puts out and many other Cubs podcasts. And here's Evan Altman from Cubs Insider and The Rants, uh, also known as Patio Dad. Evan, <laughs> how are you holding up after that disappointing Cubs season ended? Ah, uh, man. I mean, I, I felt like like I wanted to kind of have hope, but given all the circumstances that were there, I'd pretty much given up on it after, honestly, like after that first loss to the Braves, regardless, because, you know, after they won, it didn't even matter. So it just kind of um, – <laughs> It felt like when my grandmother died, uh, <laughs> she had been, well, she had had Alzheimer's and was in a, in a home for many, many years. And so then it's like, all right, um, this kind of sucks. But at the same time, like she's not in that place anymore. You know what I mean? Like we knew this was coming for a long, long time. And now it's just the finality of it. And the Cubs, this whole month of September <laughs> so has you're... been this death march. So I was like, you know. I don't want to watch this team in the playoffs. So it's like September. September was basically hospice for the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what yeah. yeah. Nice. Except they didn't. They, they they didn't get to come home. Uh, you know, they just stayed out. And and uh, but you know, it's probably better for all of us at the end of the day because watching this team in the playoffs with the bullpen, the way it had fallen apart, and with the effort that we were seeing from them, I just to have played the Brewers. And had they been actually eliminated in the postseason by the Brewers, like it's bad enough. We got to hear from all those idiots anyway. Like it would have just been that much worse. And so, you know, good riddance. Just- Crawley didn't want to go to the game Sunday because, like, come on, let's just go. He's like, I don't want to go up there and hear from hear their mouths and stuff. And I was like, that's a good point. I didn't end up going either. It, it was ninety degrees. I had a cooler full of beer, and I was on a pier. I, I could go there. Or I could listen to a bunch of cheeseheads yapping at me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Easy choice. Yeah. So, uh, but can, can we talk about some of the starting? We haven't, we talked about the hitting. We haven't really talked about the starting pitching the, yet too much. Um, I'm going to put up some numbers for the Cubs starters this year. Um, this is overall uh, in the major leagues. They were 14th in team ERA. This is just starters at 426. They gave up the 11th fewest homers. So they kind of kept the ball in the park a little bit. They had the 11th fewest K, so, you know, we knew that. Pitch to contact stat, uh, staff. Sixth fewest walks, which w- to me was a little surprising considering, you know, how some of the starters seemed to do sometimes. It felt like they were walking more people, but apparently other starting staffs walked a lot more people. Um, 13th in innings pitch, so right in the middle is average there. And they were the sixth worst in baseball. With uh, 778, uh, 7.78 Ks per nine, and sixth best with walks, uh, 2.55 walks per nine. Um, so not a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of walks. Um, you know. Well, when everybody throws 92 miles per hour, that's what happens. Well, yeah, not a lot of strikeouts. So you're not blowing it. So when you look at Stroman likely to opt back in, back in, 
You look at what Steele surprisingly did last year and almost with the Cy Young campaign. You look at Tyone, the disappointment of Tyone and uh, whether you think he can come back uh, stronger. You look at Assad as a swingman or a starter. You look at what Jordan Wicks, Wicks did as a rookie. And, Evan, I'll start with you. Like, What is your opinion of this Cubs staff moving forward and who might they add to it? Um, I mean, I, I feel – Okay, um, like you, you know, you put the stats up there. They're they were fine. They were, uh, as one might say, perfectly cromulent. Um, <laughs> and, and I think a big reason you, you know you talked about the walks. Like Justin Steele cut his walks way down. Like that was that was the most impressive part. He was so much more efficient. Um, Tyon looked good at the end, right in the, in the middle and at the end. Uh, not so much at the beginning. The further, and then that, the that further he clean, got. Right? A- the further he got away from uh, how Pitch Lab was going to help him yeah. fix himself, the better he got. It, this Here's the thing. What I want to see, I'm cool with them tinkering with the young guys as they come up. Cool. You drafted this guy, tinker with him, teach him some stuff. Stop messing with veteran pitchers. Every time they do that with somebody, it gets in the dude's head or something else happens. It's like you signed the guy for four years and whatever many million – let him do what you did, what he did to get you to sign him. Stop messing with him because I think Tyon got in his own head. But the the thing that worries me though is if Stroman comes back, Ricketts seems to be indicating that they're going to pick Kyle Hendricks' option back up. Kyle, yeah, I didn't mention him too. Yeah, yeah. but again, you're essentially saying we're going to run it back with this staff that doesn't miss many bats, that is going to give up contact, that gives us very little margin for error. If they do that and lock down those five, they're not going out and spending big in a trade or in free agency on a big-time pitcher unless, and I can see this happening, Stroman hops back in and they try to flip him somewhere and just trade him and, and open up a spot, um, You know, be it for a big free agent, be it for Cade Horton, um, whatever. But they, whatever they do, I, I, just, I need a guy out there who throws 95-plus and can actually strike dudes out because how many times did we see that? Even Steele running up against his innings limits there at the, you know, it's, he was way, way over his previous innings high. And there were just games when he didn't quite have it. And he's not a big strikeout guy. He's put up big numbers at times, you know, a couple times he had some good games, but that it just wears you out so much if you can't get through five or six innings because a team like the Braves is just going to beat your ass. They need somebody who can go out there and miss bats. I don't know how they get them, but that's what I want. Evan, another thing that kind of piggyback on that is that how many of those guys, when you talk about Tyone and Smiley and all these guys, only could get through like the fifth inning, and then what do you got to do? You got to dip into that bullpen, and then you saw what happens at the end. They were used so damn much. They were gassed. Well, part of that was they only used the same four guys. Yeah, (laughs) Same four guys, yeah. Quas pitched, and I, I didn't even check. At one point, he had pitched in 26 of the 50 games for which he was active. Right, he, he missed a couple games because of the bereavement list, but from the time he got activated, 26 out of 50. And at one point, he was like 8 out of 10 games. Like, hey, uh, Grandpa Rossi, this is not one of the guys that got you here. You don't have to play him every day. <laughs> he even, right? he even not star- Swanson. He even started a game once. <laughs> he, even <Yeah>. had him. <laughs> he did. Look at – I'm putting up the starter stats right now on the screen, and you could see there Jose Quas did .2 innings. He wasn't a very good starter. Only got the .2 innings. But, um, yeah, they used uh, – Smiley was out there as well, and I assume – I don't know what they're going to do with him at this point. They had moved him to the pen. Is he still on the team next year? 
Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, and, and he's and he's making a lot, lot more money because of how much they used him this year. Right, and so. Caleb Caleb Killian was another one. Hayden Wisniewski got a start as well, you know. And so you've got these guys kind of on the back end depth of things that you were wondering if they would be starters. They got moved to the pen, and it's – is that a cricket? <laughs> I I am hearing a cricket as well. That's it, probably that's It's probably a me. country boy over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, am I boring somebody? <laughs> it's like, no, that's an actual cricket, bro. Um, so anyway, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I, I agree with you that I think they need a lot more, and they need somebody to, like, to go to the front of the line of that staff, like a real ace that can throw 95, miss a bunch of bats, and slot everybody back so that depth at the back end – is real really just depth and not who you're counting on down the stretch like we saw in the collapse in September. I want to bring on a couple more voices here. Um, we have from Swirsky Sports, Alex Pat, great friend, and from, I'll say it right, CHGO, otherwise known as Chuggo, it's Cody <laughs> Del Mendo from the – Cody hates us so much. Cahugo, I don't hate it when I don't hate it coming from you, Danny. I don't Thank hate it you. coming from you. It's I, like, well, yeah, I guess Cody doesn't hate it, but I feel like there might be some people he works with that do. So yeah, it's um, not the first time. It definitely like isn't the first time. When like the first time Danny said it to me, it's like I had already heard it like seven different times from seven different people. <laughs> anyway, so um. <laughs> Let's talk about the pitching. Well, I, we're, we're just talking about the – and Alex, Pat, uh, say hi to everybody so we know which voice is yours. Hello. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the bullpen. We were just there. Obviously wasn't enough. They only went and got Quas. Cap brought it up right at the beginning of tonight's show that if that the Cubs basically got half pregnant. Like, and you can't get half pregnant. Like, they didn't go all the way and do enough – to well, they didn't do enough. Period. End of story. They didn't get enough bullpen help. They didn't get uh, Jamer Candelaria wasn't enough to really move the needle on the on the offense. So, um, Jesus, Danny, with with, with uh, Evans, Alzheimer grandma, and the half pregnant, you're putting weird images all in my head on this show, man. What the hell's going this on? This is here? the Sun Ranto show, not <laughs> not the Fly the W podcast where you keep it straight. We're going with pregnant dead grandmas here. That's oh, what. <laughs> grab another beer so um so yeah where is this pitching help going to come from and and if you're going to add the david loss sorry ross into this conversation do you think that could have gone differently and better we'll start with you cody oh man well that's a lot to take in uh so how are they going to fix the pitching is that that's the first question how are they going to fix it and why is it david ross's fault <laughs> wow wow can it, to is paraphrase the bitch, is the bitch channel. clock on am i do i get oh, 130 oh, we'll, seconds here we'll get there we'll get there uh man i i mean i i was listening before you guys let me in and like i agree with evan like they need more swing and miss and i've said that the last handful of weeks on our show um you know like where are they gonna get it I do feel like they are still going to try and push some of these guys from within. And that was kind of one of the things that really frustrated me about the entire year is I felt like they didn't do that. I like, Despite the fact that they were in it, I still thought they, this was somewhat of they were still going to develop more this year, and they just they just didn't. 
um, at least in my opinion. I, I know they threw out there, you know, they tried to develop Wesneski and, and Palencia and a handful of others, but I don't know. I just felt like there was more they could have done within from within at least. And uh, but as far as outside, I mean, I, I do feel like uh, they need to go get more swing and miss. I think they need a they need a like a high end starter, you know, top one or two. Um, and then I just think they need more bullpen help. But I, I know how, like, based off the history, I think that they're going to go get guys for the bullpen that none of us have ever heard of. And then they're going to try and turn them into Julian Merriweather. And, um, you know, we'll sit here, probably criticize it, and then hopefully they prove us wrong this time. They, and you, the, the, the good from this year in the bullpen, basically it was Julian Merriweather and Mark Leiter, but they just used them way too much. So – like that's why I'm saying they need more depth, and you know, you 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 can't use the same four guys the last month of the year, right? Like, <laughs> why not use Luke Little a little bit? I'm not saying you have to throw him out there every day like you did Jose Quas, but like you like I, that's probably what frustrated me the most the last month of the year is they just threw out the same dudes every day. It was like insanity, man. Like I look was, to, to was, be fair, Cody. Barnhart got four innings. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, Alex, just... Alex, Alex, besides the the what Cody just said about you know needing the more sprint, swing and miss and not just like riding your arms in into the grounds, are there any names that you would have liked to have seen the the Cubs either go after at the trade deadline that, that they didn't get or or um, promoted from within, like guys that you maybe would have like to have seen come up and help out well you know there's something that i've been saying since the trade deadline and if you were to ask me specific names i think for me it's less than specific names to bring in but it's more of an idea what do a lot of contending teams do with the trade deadline well i say they buy innings and what i mean by buy innings is you're just going out and bringing in arms regardless of how their stats look i mean you can go out and bring in the cheap matt moores and the lance lins and these veteran guys who might not necessarily be putting up the best numbers, but you're just essentially buying innings right there because they'll give you something. And I think there is a very underrated value of doing that kind of thing. You know, you look at a guy like Matt Moore, he was kind of passed around this year. That's like the kind of guy where you can look at and say, okay, that's kind of a guy that you can buy and get innings for. I mean, remember a few years ago when the Cubs, I know he was terrible, but like you remember the days of like Holland and uh, didn't they have uh, the oh, one? Derek Holland. Yeah, I, I know oh, he was bad. Might not be the best example, but <laughs> wasn't it uh, Garcia, the guy that used to be on the Cardinals years ago, the starter? Jaime, Jaime, Jaime Garcia. Garcia. It, it's yeah. and they brought him in and he pitched some innings. So I think that they could have gone cheap and just brought in some innings eaters, and I do think that would have made a difference because then you would have had some guys not have to pitch. I mean, I saw Jose Quas every day. I'm like, is this like when Joe Madden was uh, pitching uh, Steve Ciszek every day yeah. and his arm was falling I was thinking the same off? thing. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. It's like every time I saw Quas, I thought, if somebody throws below shoulder level, are you allowed to just throw them as much as possible? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and Scotty Efros last year. Yeah, you know, yeah. That they they burned him up to the point that he he broke when the Yankees got him because he was pitching so frequently. Uh, but it was funny because I tweeted that out. I was like, you know, Jose Quas is to David Ross what Steve Shishek is to Joe Madden, and like nobody got it. And they were like, yeah, but yeah. Shishek was good. And I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> right. 
The point right. is, he's being run out there every day, regardless. And yeah. it was always when there was a fire. Like, if there were two guys on, one out, bases loaded, yeah. two out, and you were in the fifth or sixth inning, you know, Ross would dial up the phone and say, bring in Quas and Quas with his arm at the end just dangling like this because it was so worn out. It actually, you know, I was only four years old during the season, but, you know, I go back and rewatch the seasons and everything. 1998, I think – didn't Rod Beck just pitch an insane amount of innings that year? And by the time they brought him into the game 163, he was throwing like 70 miles an hour. His arm was so dead. So I, I don't mean, remember. I was four years old too. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I honestly thought you were saying that you were four years old when this season started. And well, I thought, man, this has been a tough season on you. It's been long. It's been a long season. And, and frankly, I feel like this season felt longer than some of the others because when you look back, when we had Eric Hosmer in the lineup, that felt like a year ago to me. That that, that didn't feel like the Decade. same season. It's crazy. <laughs> Can we just talk about the fact that the Cubs basically missed the playoffs by like two games, and Eric Hosmer played in way too many games for that to be a thing? Like, I know everybody wants to, uh-huh. like, and mm-hmm. I know nobody on this call would do it, but like everybody's like, oh, say I dropped a ball, half dropped a ball, whatever. It's like, no, no. Eric Hosmer played way too many meaningful Trey innings. Man. Thank you, Sarah. Cubs. Thank you. Dropped the ball with the roster. Way too many meaningful innings for the Chicago Cubs. Tucker Barnhart played way too many meaningful innings for this hey, team. He at like, least had positive war. Pathetic. <laughs> and Luis honestly, Torrens I took up office and David Ross, man, like you put these guys out there for like 30 plus games. Imagine if you hadn't done that, the Cubs would be playing in October. Thank you. How about, how about if you would have played Alex, Alexander Canario more than two starts? Dude. He, <laughs> he didn't crazy. get him there, Crawley. He didn't get him there. Yeah. <laughs> the amount, like, the amount of six to nothing leads that they blew, like six to no- leading six to zero, was their kryptonite. Twice like. last week, Nelson Velasquez, <laughs> really, Nelson Velasquez comes up, hits a grand slam to tie a game, and then it's like, no, we don't have room for this guy. He had like fifteen home runs for the Kansas City Royals after the All Star break. All he needed was to play every day. You're telling me Ian Happ or Seiya Suzuki couldn't have used a day off while Nelson Velasquez hit bombs at the corner? <laughs> I was every morning, and I thank God that they cut ties with Nelson Velasquez. I said it right here on this show a couple of weeks ago. I said, when we lose this playoff push (laughs) by one game, these are the people who we have to blame for it. Yep. Yeah. Was it was anyone in here? Was anyone here in the in the at CubsCon in the bingo room when when the Dre Mancini news broke? And, and the whole place started tra- chanting Trey Mancini, and we thought <laughs> we were literally getting ready to polish another World Series trophy, if anyone remembers that one. No, I was definitely drinking at Lizzie McNeil's by the time the Trey Mancini news broke. Negative 1.4 war, everyone, for $7 yeah. million. Dollars. Well, and we brought up how many uh, games we lost by two runs or fewer. It was uh, 42 of the Cubs' 79 losses were by two runs or fewer. So when when you consider, like – just one more run, two more runs, uh, you know, one, a little more bullpen help. You know, you can flip some of those around. I mean, y'all were talking about Matt Moore earlier. I'm like, Matt Moore would have been far and away the greatest lefty in the Cubs pen because they just, they didn't, we didn't have, have a lefty. They literally, literally didn't have one. There. After yeah. Hughes got hurt for the 50th time and didn't come back, yeah. you know, Luke Little, except was he really in the pen because he was getting the Canario treatment of like, no, he, he didn't get us there, man. He didn't get us there. <laughs> well, I mean, I the Canario treatment is a real thing. Night. And like, I, 
I generally think that most of what happened this season is on the front office, not on David Ross. Like, I think David Ross did an okay job with what he had, with one exception, which is that he does not play young guys. Like, he just, he is like, he is like allergic to putting Miguel Amaya in the lineup instead of Tucker Barnhart when all of the rest of us are like have eyes and can see that Miguel Amaya might be a plus in the lineup and Tucker Barnhart is a negative in the lineup. And David Ross is like, well, it's Tucker's turn. Got to give Tucker his old shot. I'm just like, I, if you can't tell the difference between Tucker Barnhart and Miguel Amaya, please go away. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we know that you're not racist if you can't tell the difference between them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, on, honestly, you, you, you might be right. I don't know that the front office recognizes that there are human beings on this team. All they look at is numbers and stash sheets. They could not tell you. They probably don't even have names associated. They have a player's position and a number. And so a number. They don't, so uh, they don't yeah. have Although I, I do maintain, I don't think Canario was ever brought up to actually play. Right? I've said this a few times. I wrote about that. I, I truly believe. They initially brought him up to slow down his his playing time because of the rehab, the injury, and everything else. Hey, here's your reward, MLB paycheck for a couple weeks because he got optioned back and only came back for the end because Jamer had to go on the IL. And at that point, then they're like, well, shit, I guess now we have to play him because we were going to play him in Iowa. And then look what he does. He gets three hits. He hits a grand slam. But as are the rules – of the Cubs, if you hit a grand slam, you must sit the next day. <laughs> Even Jan Gomes, granted, it was because it was the last day of the season, but Gomes hit a grand slam, didn't play the next day. That's if you true. hit a grand slam, you must sit the following game. That's the rule. Have to do it. Now I'm it, looking right here. Exactly how I ran my uh, my five year old soccer team. If you if you scored a goal, you had to come off the field for a minute and let other people play. It is like twice. I like what Little Yumper has to say. He said, uh, Little Yumper says, David Ross is the baseball version of Thibs. I'm going to go a little bit older school. I'm not four years old like Alex was in 1998. But somebody mentioned to me, they said, look, uh, you know, Ross is, 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 what was his name? Collins, the basketball. Oh, coach, God. Before the Bulls. Doug Collins. Doug, Doug, Doug Collins. Collins. <laughs> he said, he said that, that Ross is Doug Collins. We got to find, our version of the basketball coach, uh, what's Bill his Jackson. name? Bill Jackson. That, that, I think that's 100% right, man. I think, I think Ross is a really good guy that had some chemistry and got things kind of in the right direction, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to take us there. I really don't. I don't either. Well, uh, I think it's time to uh, put some people in the hot seat in the bitch clock. Uh, Cody, I'm going to throw you up there first. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I, I know, I know you love. <laughs> I've been Houston. thinking about this all day. And, and we, we, we got a lot of great. So you missed uh, your opportunity to get Cubs Twitter as oh. somebody because I know, I know sometimes that they could be a little much uh, oh, in your mentions, but uh, hopefully yeah. you get something. <laughs> I'm going to add something here. I'm going to Danny calling it Chuggo. <laughs> calling it Chuggo. Maybe that comes up. So here we go. Just lean into that. It's a drinking joke. <laughs> yeah. Every time Danny calls it Chuggo. All right, here we go. Oh, well, you're going to get Cubs Twitter again. Well, No, no, no. You got you to gotta yeah. roll that again. I know. Okay. This, the bitch clock hates Cubs Twitter tonight. <laughs> just like most of the Well, Cubs, Cubs Twitter Twitters. doesn't exist anymore. All right, here we go. <sighs> Uh, the September collapsed. Okay. The September collapse is your topic. Bitch clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. All right. 
this was the worst month of my fucking life. And that's probably an exaggeration, but for right now, it's the worst month of my life. It was insanity. Over and over, David Ross did the same thing. All I asked for was a little bit of different. Just something different. Use Luke Little. Maybe use Canario once or twice. Just something. Just something. Do something different. That's all I ever wanted, and if they still would have collapsed, then I wouldn't be here feeling like we just shit our pants as much. <laughs> Stop your bitching! <laughs> Could use some adult North Shore diapers. <laughs> okay, yeah. My my favorite part was when you said "as much." Shit our pants <laughs> as much. Like I'm we still shit up, but we made it to the bathroom to get the rest of it out. You know? I needed more than thirty seconds. That rant that was what, that was great. Uh, Everybody else has kind of been staying away from cursing and doing all the shit. I'm, I, I'm with you. I can't hold myself back, man. It's it's I, it. 30. <laughs> I, I have a new suggestion for the bitch clock. What's that? The Cubs still have for season ticket holders. I have my tickets for the postseason. <laughs> oh. okay. They're in my phone. Okay. <laughs> so every every few minutes, I kind of look to see if they're still there. There's my tickets right there. I, There's the yeah, right there. I also have a suggestion for the bitch clock. Uh, can we put montages and extra innings, a la the Braves? On the bitch clock. Oh, that was some bullshit. Like I, I'm Absolute still angry about bullshit. it. And every yeah. time the Braves, like every time Ronald Acuna, who I love by the way, I think Ronald Acuna is the very best. Every time he does something, I'm like, was there a montage? Mm-hmm. Got 73 stolen bases. Was there a montage? Like I, what was that tenth inning yeah. montage? Come on. Wasn't there a South yeah, Park song that said montage? You're gonna need a montage. Twitter that is one. crazy, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What was that singing the like South Park song? I just thought this. Like, it was like Braves Twitter like hated Dansby Swanson, and I don't understand. Like the freaky stuff on Braves Twitter with Dansby, yeah. Swan, like legitimately yeah. freaky. Yeah, yeah, that was that was sad. Mm-hmm. Sarah really went through it. During yeah, I, that. No, I'm I'm good. Like y'all, I'm fine. Well, I got Alex in the bitch clock seat. I'm uh, spinning the wheel for Alex, and we're going to see if we get something good here. Ooh. Ooh, Marquee. I wish I would have got this one instead. (laughs) Got the Marquee Network for Alex. Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. Let me tell you what's funny. The Three Stooges. Let me tell you what's not funny. Three-man boots. That stuff never freaking works. It is annoying. I don't want to hear random ass stories about random ass crap. I don't want to hear banter between people. I just want to listen to the game and listen to an analytical view. That's all. It's annoying. It's dumb. Stop doing it. Nobody likes it. It, Clearly your feedback is bad. Stop doing it. My God. Stop doing it. (laughs) Stop your bitching. I agree. And no it's, one wants to hear T Max like nuggets every fucking <laughs> inning. There you go. And, and I, I'm great. all in on Alex's uh, bitch there. I loved it. One note you need to cuss more often. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm actually kind of ashamed of myself yeah. for not cussing more. And, and, more and, yeah. and, can, and can we do less family interviews when somebody's at the game or somebody gets called up? I don't yeah. care about your mom or your dad or <laughs> any, of that, any of that bullshit. Unless it's, unless it's Evan's grandma, then that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, yeah. That you could have a stay on. Evan pops in with the fucking cricket sounds. All right, we're done with bitching about Marquis. So Taylor would absolutely butcher the seance, just like in uh, Evil Dead, with uh, when Ash messes up the stuff. Oh, yeah. Would, yeah there's no way it would work. Evan, I'm spinning the bitch clock for you. Let's oh, hope boy. we get something good here. Crickets. 
Okay. Uh, oh, it looks like you're getting montages in extra innings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah, we just added this to the bitch clock, and now you're getting bitch clock. You have thirty seconds to bitch. If it's not enough that those fuckers in Atlanta have their racist ass chant, now they've got to go in and fuck the Cubs' chances by celebrating a round number for some dude to pick the base up off the ground and then stop the game for 30 freaking seconds. Now, if David Ross wasn't dumb and bald, he would have realized that he needed to walk Ozzy Albies following that. He had to fish her cold, and he didn't know what the hell he was doing. But in the end, I put this on the Braves because they're all a bunch of assholes, and they deserve anything bad that happens. Stop your bitching! That was the perfect amount of custing. Not too yeah. much, not too little. Very, yeah, I definitely went way nice. overboard, but that's just what I do. That's my 10-10, recommend, agree with every word. So... I disagree. I I can't wait to hear the bitch collect that's nothing but cuss words. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, that's a New York Mets podcast, I believe. Um, Alex, uh, plug plug something. What do you got going on for your for yourself these days? So, uh, read fan sided Cubby's Cribs. Still writing for them. We got a long off season. That's probably the season that we uh, get our most readers. So we'll be having our opinions on who we should sign, who we should trade for. Uh, coming out soon, I have my letter grades uh, piece coming out for all the position players. Oh, I'm glad hey, I'm glad you pointed that out because Sunranto is doing that next week. Yeah, Cubs grades next week, everybody. Let's compare. We'll compare next week. <laughs> no uh, so, and uh, one other plug is uh, Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago, our weekly Chicago sports podcast. We spend the first hour of the show ranting about that stupid loser football team in town. Go listen to it. <laughs> yeah, what's up with Chicago sports? My buddy Keith came up to me. He's like, he's like, man, the Cubs suck, the Sox suck, the the Bulls suck. The he's like, what's? I'm like, I don't fucking know. It's like they, it's I th- feel like it's on purpose. I really do. I think they just hate us, and they th- and the billionaires think it's funny to shit on Chicago. Like, they'll take our money and they'll yeah. laugh at us. Yeah. yeah. They just let, they just go to they go to that that uh place in uh, Hancock that now closed. The 95th? Yeah, the 95th that just they did <laughs> laugh at us from above. So, Cody, b- plug your off season. Is the Chuggo podcast going to keep going or what? Oh yeah. Everybody Five. drink. I said Chuggo. <laughs> Five shows a week and we don't stop, man. Uh we go live at one twenty Monday through Friday, or yeah, I think it's Monday through Friday, or it's Monday through Thursday. But Corey and Brennan doing their show on Sundays, I think. So right on, yeah. Cub, the Cubs news doesn't stop. Well, yeah. it stops. You just don't stop. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll just keep bitching about this season for another month. Dude, and then, yeah, we, we did like though, today. Never stop. Today we did like our season review, and I still just find myself going back to bitching about the entire month of September. <laughs> like it, it, it's not even just the entire season; it's just the month of September that I'm bitching about. Even though I know that those, to me, the sole reason that they 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 are not playing postseason baseball is a lot of what you guys have said, how things happened in April and May and Mm -hmm. playing the guys too much and whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been a tough week or two doing nothing but losing post games. So yeah, it's, it's, we've all, we're all going through it together. Really? This is really, this is really like an autopsy wake. This is kind of like, if you did an autopsy at the wake, which would be also weird. Um, well, I'm about to be the drunk uncle at the wake because it's just, <laughs> and, and, and I, and about to be. down so easy. 
<laughs> Let um, the record show at 8.30 p.m., 24 hours after the Cubs play their last game, we have our first rumor from Bruce Levine talking to Matt <laughs> Spiegel. The Cubs are going to, quote, do everything they can to trade for Pete Alonso and added they would like to pair Alonso with Cody Bellinger. Let the Cubs Twitter madness begin. <laughs> what? what? Okay. Then start your engine. Why didn't they do that at the boat? Two days ago, Cody Bellinger wasn't coming back, though. So, you There's know. No like, <laughs> do you remember when Pete Alonso was available last year? Yeah. Or a trade? Like, I'm pretty sure they could have got him last year, too. Yeah. This, yeah. The Mets so, never made Alonzo available to my now. I, I don't think. Evan, no, last year. I thought last year he was available for trades. Evan, plug, Evan, plug your stuff. Time. Yeah, so uh, Cubs Insider, I don't know. It's probably going to be a quiet couple days because uh, I feel like it's best to, to let things breathe before I just launch into too much there. But, uh, yeah, just kind of uh, trying to follow up on, on what's going on with the – what kind of happened with the season. But uh, I want to quickly just turn and, and look at, like, okay, here's some areas of need, maybe address a few of those things. So, uh, like I said, it'll be a little quieter for a couple days and then uh, probably by midweek or so. Get back into the swing and, and get rolling. Sarah, you and I on Cup of Cubby Blue. What else you got going on? I know you got another podcast now. Oh, yeah. I've been doing a fantasy baseball podcast called What the Fab um, on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm also doing a little bit of daily fantasy stuff with Sportstopia. If you're a daily fantasy type, check us out. We've got some really great um, daily fantasy advice for football as well as baseball Um as far as Cubs stuff goes, I'm working on my Cubs fan guide to the postseason, which should be out tomorrow, uh, who you should cheer for or could cheer for, as the case may be, as a Chicago Cubs fan. And a bit of an ode to Mike Talkman, who was my favorite part of this summer for the Chicago Cubs and, and how I came to that conclusion. And, and shout out to Cody for the summer of Mike Talkman <laughs> phrase, because that's definitely going to make an appearance or two in there. Um it's kind of, it's you know, beautiful. The best story. part of baseball is the part where a guy like Mike Tackman can make your whole summer great, even when you never really thought about him prior to that. <laughs> I was yeah. at the Reds game and I, I texted Cody during it. It was like oh, the, yeah. the, the double header game uh, in the Friday afternoon. And Tuckman got a hit or made a catch or something like that. And the guy sitting next to me just stood up and said, Summer of Tuckman. <laughs> and I texted Cody. I'm like, dude, like it's, it's here in Cincy. They're just yelling it. I don't know. Crawling. I, w- I was just kind of drunk in my apartment one day and I thought of the, I uh, thought of it. That's just how it happened. That's yeah. when the ideas come. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah, when you're wasted. Hey, Crawley from the Fly the W podcast. What else you got going on this off season? Uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, fun guests. We just had Mick Gillespie uh, talking about the Tennessee Smokies championship. We got other people all lined up. So we got uh, – it's not as star-studded as this group right here, but we got some uh, really interesting guests that are going to be coming on, talking Cubs baseball. As you know, I don't give a shit about anything else, so I'm just going to sit here and mope and, and just kind of watch baseball wherever I can. Well, I want to personally thank all of you for entertaining me all year on Twitter, on your podcast. I listen to everybody. I talk to most of you regularly throughout the season, and uh, you just enhance my enjoyment of Chicago Cubs baseball. And I love hanging out with all of you, and I hope you have a great off season. and uh, we'll get back to it again. Uh, well, by Cubs Con, Cubs Caroling. I mean, you know, there's we got lots to do still. Cubs Caroling. <laughs> Thank and, uh, God, I'm going to finally be there. That cricket is such a critic. That's Wait, when is we, Cubs caroling? We don't know, but it'll be announced in the it's, future. It's We're still doing the preview, right? We're doing the, the walk-in. It's December 16th this year. Yeah, something like that. So uh, 
Very close but to that. Don't, don't listen to the drunk uncle at the wake. Listen to the cricket, <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> I, the I, how does the cricket not have their own window with their tagline and everything? I'm sure the cricket has a podcast, too, right? <laughs> Who doesn't? Cubs cricket. So, Cubs cricket. Thank you, comes on every time they lose. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break and say goodbye to you. And we're going to come back with some very funny fans um, from all over the NL Central. So we'll be right back. And we are almost all back. Michael Cotton didn't quite make it. I, I think he might be doing the uh, drunk wake uncle thing and um, molesting the corpse. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope it's something not quite so dastardly as that. But um, hey, uh IFG, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what? One of my favorite things that we do on this show is talk to fans of other teams, and um, it's it it makes me feel like we're getting like the 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 uh, story from the horse's mouth. You know, like Gosh, some, hey, Eric Wheelos here, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I I did bring up a horse and his mouth, and here he comes. The Brewers fan, the only man who's going to be celebrating uh, a playoff berth. Uh, Eric Wheelos here. Welcome to the Sun Rancher Show. Also, uh, Billy DeVore, who came in hey. third place. What's up? Third place, Billy DeVore. <laughs> um, we, we're also going to bring on uh, Zach Funk, who the – Fourth place uh, Pirates uh, fan, also comedian out of Pittsburgh. And I still have the Phillies. And, and, oh, you're going for the Phillies now. Okay, well, Pennsylvania. Well, I, grew up, I was a Phillies fan as a kid. I moved out here as an adult, so I've kind of got both. Okay, well, all right. It's good to have two teams that just cover your bets. And then we have our, our favorite Cubs fan comedian, Joe Kilgallen. And uh, welcome to the Sun Ranto Rancher oh, Roundtable. Hold, hold on. It needs to be pointed out that there are no Cardinals comedians yep. because Cardinals have no sense of humor whatsoever. It just sounds none. So, Eric Wheeler, we're going to start with you because you know you are the you have the, you have the team that's going to the 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 big dance, otherwise known as the postseason tournament. But um, so uh, I, I want you to describe, and everybody, I want you to answer this question. I want you to describe your team as a car, a make, model, <laughs> year, and condition of your car. Uh, what what are the Brewers right now? Oh man, we're like a car. 2020 Subaru Forester. You know, <laughs> he didn't even go with a new car. <laughs> it's got all wheel drive. You know, it can get you up a mountain. It can get you over that hill. You know. You can be a defensive driver in it. It's got a little speed to it. It's got some power. Not a lot of pop, but enough to get you by. And it's reliable. That's what it is. It's a reliable automobile. It's, you know, it's got a roomy back seat. We got a deep bullpen. You know, you got a lot of storage. We got a deep team. Subaru Forester, that's these Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) Your mother approves. So the Cubs came in. The Cubs came in second place. Yeah, that's a very safe car. Surprised to say Volvo. Um, the, so uh, Joe Kilgallen. Yeah, BMW in Milwaukee. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't last too long. The Hubcaps would be the first to go. That uh, Joe Kilgallen. Uh, the Cubs did come in second place in the NL Central. So I'll let you go second. Um, describe the Cubs in in automobile form. Jesus Christ. Um, 
fuck. That's I was hoping you'd do something different for me. Um, <laughs> Here, I can help. I can help. So you know how you know how my car broke down and I had to go buy a new shitty little car. What I got was yeah. a 1998 Nissan Altima. All right. It has like one kind of broken uh, rear view mirror. And the, the front passenger side, uh, blinker doesn't work and it kind of chugs going up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's generally unpleasant to be around. That's, that's Chicago Cubs. I think you're describing, me. you're describing the Cardinals. The Cardinals do even. No, no, no. I think I got it. The Cardinals aren't even running at this point. Yeah, they're broken down. I think I've got it now. I'm going to go with, um, one of those. You know, the cheap Teslas, the ones that are like 40000 Yeah. Remember they made a cheaper model where everyone thought it was like an awesome car, but then you talk to people and it's like, oh, it's actually a piece of shit car. And then you found out that certain people bought it just to piss off other people. But then those people got pissed off when that guy bought Twitter. And then it's just this angry thing. And then it's just like, wow, this thing sucks in September. And I don't want to ever drive it again. That's why I, I saw it. a bumper sticker that said, I bought this Tesla before I knew Elon was a douche. Yeah. <laughs> like, like who had that idea? It probably sells pretty well too, as far as bumper sticker sales go. I don't know if there's money in that, but um, I'm in Seattle. I need to start handing that out to like thirty percent of the cars I see on my commute. So, uh, Billy, uh, Reds in third place. A little bit of a surprise mm-hmm. finish for them. Uh, what what kind of car are they? We are a 2023. X3 with the M package, baby. We're sleek. We're sexy. We're going to last a while. We're going to be around. We can haul the kids. We can get you to soccer practice. We can definitely help you cheat on your husband. Look, the Reds are fun. Get on board while you can, because they're going to be good for the next five to six years minimum. And we finally, for the first time in a long time, have money to spend. So guess what? Harmon, Cardin, speakers, baby. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say like those lights that go underneath. Oh, dude, that's standard in a 2023 X3 M package. Get on board, drunk uncle. Let's go. <laughs> Zach Funk, the Pittsburgh Pirates, coming in fourth place out of the basement. What kind of car are they? I don't know a lot about cars, so I'm going to speak in generic terms. Uh, they're probably like a 12 year old used minivan. It's black. It has a lot of stickers on the back of it for both the Steelers and the Penguins, but nothing for the Pirates. <laughs> uh, there's a CD stuck in the CD player that is the best of Guns N' Roses. Okay. Uh, and it, it's the thing, because it's, 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 it's all about, like, who are we going to bring up next? It's all about picking up the kids, picking up the prospects. Um and you know, it's time to drop them off somewhere else, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. How can we get them to where they're going to end up in the fight when they were growing up? And it's uh, got plenty of room in the front seat for a six foot nine shortstop. Yeah. Also, the check engine light just keeps flashing off and on. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's off, yeah. and you're like, "This is good." Not passing emissions. Well, like, like for like, there was that first month of the year where the check engine light wasn't on at all, and then we had the check engine light the rest of the year. <laughs> so you're like, you're a free agent. You're like, don't mind the light. It's it's yep. fine. Everything's good here. First half yeah. of the year, you had a forty year old driving. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like this car. You're on the way out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, Eric, uh, how do you like your chances in the National League here uh, going up against everybody? And I want to hear about how everybody else likes Eric's chances for his team, too. You, you know, I really loved – I was really high on our chances before this Woodruff news came out today. I don't know if you guys all saw this, but he has a shoulder injury, and he gave a press conference. He's going to miss his wild card round against the D-backs. He got really emotional, which made me think, like – he might not go for a couple series, if at all, in the playoffs. This is the same injury he had earlier in the year that kept him out for a couple months. And he was our best pitcher going between Burns and Peralta. And to lose him, I mean, you need three guys to get through this run. So in this wild card round, not too worried about it. You get to the Dodgers, you got the five-game series. It's just the deeper run that gets a lot harder for the Brewers here with this. I mean, you're putting all the chips in on Wade Miley. I mean, I don't think that's going to get it done. But – with that said, one game at a time, we'll get through this wild card round and we'll go from there. And uh, hopefully, you know, his arm's good in time to go on that stretch run here. I feel terrible for you, Eric. But I will say, seeing you guys lose five out of the last six. Jesus God damn it, don't bring it back. Let's focus on your things. I mean, you came in. I mean, you did it for us to get swept by the Braves before you even walked in the door. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. There's people on this podcast, we're winning five of six, and then you go out and lose five out of the six. You hit a grand slam, everybody's feeling happy, and you let the Marlins take you over. Jesus Christ. It, it was it was brutal, and I know Joe can attest to that. I mean, did, did you see that epic collapse coming uh, at the end? I mean, it, it, or, <laughs> I mean, he saw it last yeah. January, but maybe not in the middle of the summer. Um, as far as the Cubs collapse goes, I don't know. It was... Going into September, there was a lot of signs that maybe this isn't going to work out. And I, when I saw how run down that bullpen was, I was like, we're fucked. We're fucked, you know? And uh, so I just started to come to terms with it. I started, mm-hmm. I got, I was unlike Cody. I love Cody, but like the worst month of his life, I'm like, you sound like you just became a fan three years ago. I mean, my God, like, um, <laughs> dude, I, I don't know. I'm trying to be more like, again, this felt like a bonus year. And I have to remind Cubs fans, this season was the longest season I've ever watched as a fan, though. Whoever said, was it Alex who said that, like, Hosmer being on the team felt like three, it felt like seven years ago. Yeah, Eric Alex, Alex said that, yeah. Yeah. And, man, see, there were so many ups and downs in the season that it felt like multiple seasons. So I think I went through every emotion I could. And I'm going to be in Scotland this next week, so I wasn't even going to see the wild card round. So I think that's what did it. I think the Cubs knew – that they want me, they wanted me to enjoy the sights of the, you know the Scottish countryside instead of trying to stream them um, in Edinburgh Hotel. You know what I mean? So they did that for well, me. Well, and talk about a bonus year like the Reds. They were supposed to lose over a hundred games, and then they—I mean—they were almost in the playoffs. I mean, they only finished a game behind the Cubs. I think if you if you win that last game. You're tech, you're in second place. Well, if it wasn't for the epic collapse of last week as well, losing two out of three to the Pirates, losing three, two out of three to the Twins. I mean, here's the thing. Young kids got gassed. That's what happened. Andrew Abbott had a terrible last month and a half. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, his stomach fell on his foot and he broke his toe again. I mean, there, there was just multitudes of issues. Matt McClain was out for a month and a half, and he was the he was the Pistons for the offense. I mean, he was the most consistent guy outside of Spencer Steer, which, again, talking about two rookies who are going to be around for a while. So 
look, it sucks going 82 and 80, being two games out of the wild card. But the plus side is they're going to be here. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, and Zach, you think your guys are going somewhere that you know they that you got some window open. Do you think your guy will ever spend? And I put- I don't think. I mean, they're not going to spend a bunch of money in the off season. I you know they they might pick up if they find somebody who's a like reasonable rehabilitation project, they'll do it. Um, I feel like the entire all of next year is going to be uh, you know that thing from The Simpsons where it's Bart and Lisa in the back seat just going, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" It's going to be, is Paul Skeens here yet? Is Paul Skeens here yet? Is Paul Skeens here yet? That's all next season is going to be. It's just, when does he get here? Um, otherwise, you know, the only the only major name we even have possibly as a free agent uh, that might leave is Kutch. And I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of demand for him. You know, he's, like, I think maybe 37. And you know, he's, still, he's still a good player, but he's definitely past his prime. Um, I imagine they'll try to keep him around just because the city loves him and he wants to be here too. Um, otherwise, I mean, the big thing for this year is just, we, we did better. We weren't as bad as people thought we would be. That, that was the big thing is like, we, we were better than the Vegas, like all the Vegas odds expected because we had that first like monkey paw season, uh, first, first monkey paw month of the year. You know, where yeah. we, we, we made, we were like, Oh, we just want to have a really good start to the year. We don't care what else happens after. And then we had it. And then it was just death. Well, and that, the ML that was yeah, well, the MLB Central was actually pretty darn competitive. You know, the, we didn't really – the West had the Rockies to beat up on. Um, the In in the East, I mean, uh, who'd you have there to beat up on? Not really too many teams. Well, well, the Nationals, I guess, were pretty yeah. bad. So you could beat up on them. But, you know, the, the National League in general was, was more competitive. And I just wonder, like, you know, the Brewers, they – the Cubs were one game behind the freaking Brewers a couple times this year where I, I'm thinking we're going to take this thing over. And then they just, you know, kept falling flat and Grandpa Lossie kept throwing out the GPT lineups and, and wrecking everything. But Joe's shaking his head. He's like, <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a Rossi apologist. So go ahead. Uh, I am a little bit. No, no, here I am go. a little bit. No, sure. I am a little bit because, <laughs> again, we were, ten, we were 10 games under and we went on this great run. And when we were one and a half games back, that's the closest we ever got, I believe, to the Brewers is one and a half. Rossi was doing great. Would I have questioned a lot of his stuff in September? Sure. But then there's a lot of moves. I think because this is the closest we've been to a playoff spot in a couple years and the way shit ended with the last core, we were even more devastated, even more pissed off that we are definitely like not seeing the forest from the trees with a lot of this shit. I hear people being like, I can't believe you put in Merriweather. Who'd you want him to put in? Uh, Yeah, they all suck. They all suck. <laughs> Once Adbert got hurt, it was shuffling the deck. And most of these guys have never had a good full season in their fucking careers. Fulmer was hurt as well. Yeah. You and know. by the way, he, who turned Fulmer around? Ross, by sticking with him. Fulmer at least had a career of being a good pitcher. All these other guys I made up, I'm sorry, Julian Merriweather sounds like a fake player in MVP baseball, right? <laughs> Some of these guys do. And we put them all together. I mean, Al Leiter Jr., like all these guys that ended up having a good three months but that's the best those dudes would do anyway. They just, I'm sorry. I just, that's the way I felt about it. And yeah, there was some moments and people are like, well, you can't blame Suzuki. I'm like, I'm not, but he also missed the ball. Two things can be true. <laughs> he could be the best hitter in baseball for two months and he missed a fucking catchable ball. Swanson could be the best shortstop in baseball and he didn't dive for a ball that he should have fucking dove for. Yeah. He didn't even look like he needed to dive for. Just put some effort in. You know what I mean? So, that one oh. play, remember that play where the ball popped up and it was right in yeah. front of him? Oh, I do Every remember. Yeah. He should have had that. 
I'm just saying that yeah. there's just so much there. That's all. That's only my point about Ross. I just feel like it's so quick to blame Ross. It's like wh- nobody in that last segment blamed Jed Hoyer for signing Trey Mancini, oh. who hasn't been good since 2019. Tucker, <laughs> hold on, we, we, we did that in the we did that in the first section of the show. We did, we, we talked we, a lot about we did yeah. that all year long. Actually, all right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Since I wasn't here in the first segment, I do just want to take the opportunity to say that I think the best chance that we have had to sign uh, Shohei Otani showed up right after he became a two-time Tommy John uh, bounce-back project. True. Cubs do (laughs) love a Tommy John guy. We are the the team for that. That's but Joe, I wanted to say like I'm I'm with you somewhat on the Ross issue. People want to blame him through all this and you may have already sort of uh, alluded to it, but I was, my, my issue is that I don't believe that Jed gave him the team that he could win with. And now when he, the team that he had, he could have at least won the division. I mean, he honestly could have, but he didn't necessarily always do it right. But some of that was, Jed just having guys like Trey Mancini and fucking Eric Hosmer on this team. So, I mean, guys, what, what do you guys, think? Are you, do you hate Jed as much sign. as I do? I mean, I can't hate. Hate's, hate's a strong word. I'm not going to say hate. Um, there's some <laughs> well, stuff Jed did okay. great. I, I had some nice him. offseason moves. He's made some really strong trades. But I still don't know if Jed – my fear and worry with Jed Hoyer is – Will, does he know when to step on the gas, like put it to the damn floor? Will he know when to put the gas pedal to the floor? Yeah, I mean, infield fly girl, you, I, your sediment, I agree with at this point. I don't know if I see that in him. Say what you will about Theo, and Theo made some mistakes. And by the way, all the great ones have some ones where you're like, what the fuck was that move? You have, in order to win big, to win at a world, a world series, you have to be able to take some big swings. And if you miss, so what? But at least you have the stones to go all in. There's a reason the Tampas of the world always get close but never get over the hump, right? Like, you have to be able to do that. And I just don't know if Jed's going to be able to do that. They're already putting out the feelers of, well, if it makes baseball sense, if it makes – sometimes you have to not make baseball sense to win at the game of baseball because the game of baseball doesn't always make sense. That, someone clip that. That sounded awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You were yeah. right on. We will clip that because that that was fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's, you're you're oh. an, as if you, Thanks, I mean, you were you, already an honorary rancher. You should be a mainstay because that was exactly how we feel about. So this speaking shit. of kind of going for it, the Brewers really did add. At the deadline. I mean, they went and got Chafin. They already had a bullpen from the gods. I don't know if Chafin's been doing any good for you. but yeah, then- He's been dog shit, but yeah. <laughs> that's a really bad example of somebody we picked up. Okay, but Je- – Yeah, you can go on Mark Canna. Yeah, yeah Mark Canna. Mark Canna, Josh Donaldson, right? You got uh, Santana. 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 Yeah, so they needed a little bit more thump, and they got it. So they're they're going for it as best that they can. But I I wanted to give you a spin of. I know you got to leave. You said you only had a, a couple minutes, but I, I wanted to give you a spin of the bitch clock before you go. This one's a little bit different than the one we've been using already. Um, this one is you just have to bitch about. Um, the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds, the White Sox is a bit of a uh, – well, I put that in there for Joe Kilgall just in case <laughs> you would get it. And, of course, the wild card is Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer made the wheel. So we'll, we'll see what Come we on, get. man. Trevor yeah, Bauer's on here. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. So I'm giving you a spin of the bitch clock, and we shall see what we get. Okay, you have to bitch about your own team. Oh. <laughs> okay, I like it. You have 30 seconds to bitch. All right, so if I got to complain about my team, I'm going to yes and off of what Joe just said. You know, the Brewers make splashes, but we don't make big enough ones. We we went up, there were rumored to go after Pete Alonso in this offseason, and it didn't come to fruition. I'm sick of being the good enough gang with the Brewers. The window's slightly closing with that pitching staff, and if there's one complaint, we didn't go far enough in. But we still went in far more than anybody else in the Central, and our asses are in the playoffs, and yours aren't. Stop your bitching! You just had to nail us at the end, didn't you? God damn it. I I have to say, the bitch clock has been impressive tonight. Everyone is nailing it. Like, the timing, everything. This is a pro show. This is an autopsy. It's a professional Cubs autopsy that we're at. (laughs) Wait, wait, aren't the Mets about to make the biggest splash? They already took Stearns, and now they're going to take counsel? And the Brewers are going to revert back to a poverty franchise? Hold on here. A poverty franchise? We were 20th in the league in payroll, okay? <laughs> there are at least nine other teams worse than that. I got an argument with Crawley over this shit. Poverty franchise. He keeps yelling at us like that's a dig. The fact that we are that low in terms of payroll and still continually end up on top. It just That should say more about your team. I agree. What I am five of the last six years, right? No, what I'm saying is revert. You'll go back. It'll be like 2002 all over again. But it's not going to be. Because we got a young team of young guys. We got like Abner Uribe, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, Andrew Montessario, Jackson Cheerio, who's like probably the best player in the minors right now. And then you got William Contreras for a bunch of years. Like this, you you think the Reds are are not going to go away for a couple of years? The Brewers aren't going anywhere either, guys. Stern's transition, he wasn't the GM. It was Matt Arnold, so we're fine there. And he's been his protege, and he did have a hell of a job in free agency this year and within the season, which was proven, right? Council? Is the bitch he, wants, yet? he wants to figure it out. Council wants to figure out what he wants to do with his life. He prefers to stay of- in Milwaukee, and I see it happening. A run will probably weigh him that way a little bit more, but I do not see him going to the Mets. I don't. Well- but also, I can I can see how this central is going to be really competitive, and that the Cubs, you know, they're and they're right up against the luxury tax this year for a five hundred team. You know, to they're they're damn close. Jay, they're about fifty million it, shy of it. Well, mm. what is what's the luxury tax? The luxury tax got up to two thirty. Oh, part of the new now. CBA. Didn't, yeah, when it was at two ten, it would have been closer. Yeah. Okay. So, but we're gonna, but we're gonna be there soon. Like the question is, when are we going to go into the tax? Freaking Ricketts says we're not gonna really do it. Oh well, when that time comes, we'll see what we're gonna do. And Jed was talking about the other day. It doesn't seem like they're planning on going into it. So it's just like, if if you've got the Reds with a bunch of young talent, the Brewers with a bunch of young talent and, and a great pitching staff that's still going. Uh, then you got the Pirates that are, if they ever add to that, they've got a bunch of young players. The Cubs, they've, you know, what do we, we got Dansby Swanson, we got say like, where's our window in this, in this world of a resurgent central? That's all I'm saying. But Joe, I'd like to put you in the bitch clock seat. If, uh, if you're ready to bitch on the clock. Let's go. All right, here we go. Um, 
I'm going to spin you. I, I really hope you get the White Sox. That's the only reason it's in here. <laughs> I just laugh for my 30 seconds. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Um, you can take a mulligan if you'd like. <laughs> um. Well, the only thing is I know he was trending on um, social media, but I didn't watch the video. There was a video of him. I didn't watch it. I could I could talk about him without do I have, would I have seen the video today? Uh, you, you needed to see it. Yeah, you need to see it. We'll give you we'll give you a mulligan. Okay, yeah, give me someone else. By the way, I I, I used to love Trevor Bauer because he would lose to uh, Wait, my team in the World he's Series. The, he's the Cubs guy. Why don't we give him the regular bitch? Oh no, we're giving him the White Sox. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. Yeah, thank God for mulligans. Whoever Danny was going to spin that until he got White Sox. Exactly. Squad, you have 30 seconds to bitch. I don't have much to bitch about when it comes to the Chicago White Sox. I want to thank them for uh, being so shitty and for proving that uh, you don't always need to rebuild. And rebuilds are kind of uh, uh, gifts to the owners all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, you guys all thought, oh, our rebuild, you guys had a seven-year window, we're going to have a 12-year window, we're going to win more than you. You didn't win shit. You sucked. Everyone hates you. Your mothers don't like you. Don't even go out for Halloween. No candy, no soup for you. Stop your bitching. Don't even go out for Halloween. Hey, as long as we have a better record than them, I'm happy as a Cubs fan. Those are my, my three goals every year. Win the World Series. Go to the playoffs or be better than the White Sox. We got, I get one of them. I got one of them this year. Yeah, it was it, – that was – and the fact that the Cardinals suck too. I mean, oh, we, yeah, that, that, we, we can all agree. Yeah, that's, oh. that was great too. Mm. So uh, I'm going to put Billy in the bitch clock uh, because um, – and we had such a great year. Uh, we did that live podcast in Cincinnati. Uh, that was so much fun. The inventor of the Skyrosa, Malort Luge. Uh, pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, pretty. pretty he, he almost he almost argued with you, and then he's like, "Oh, you're not done speaking." <laughs> I was just rearing up, dude. <laughs> the the Skyrosa Malort Luge. What? The mm. So, um, so we're gonna give you a spin of this bitch clock wheel, um, and um, we'll we'll see what you get. I hope somebody gets the Cardinals too, because they deserve a lashing. Oh, oh, look, I'm Cub Stradamus over here. Yeah! <laughs> here we go. Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. Looks like the Cardinal way was a lot more fragile than you fucks ever thought it would be. <laughs> pieces of shit. Get out of town. Oh, look at what we can do. Yeah, the Cardinal way is all the way to last place. <laughs> that feels so good. Go take a toasted raviola and shove it up your asshole, you dumb fucks. I'm so glad you're in the basement. You're going to be there for a while because guess what? Yachty's not coming back to fix the franchise. <laughs> and Wayne Rex sucks. Stop your bitching. <laughs> I love Yachty, Yachty making an appearance Yachty was really just like that. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to hear something great? I was just talking about this on on my pod. Uh, Adam Wainwright gave up the most home runs to the Reds in his career, and the Reds had the highest average and highest OPS of 796. So I'm really bummed he retired. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going well. Your service. Yeah. They announced, they announced today he's announcing the playoff games. He'll be a commentator on it. 
So. He's going to be way better in the booth than on the bump at GABP. Mm. <laughs> as long as he's not singing, I'm into it. <laughs> Zach, I got you. I got you in the bitch clock. Uh, we, of course, we don't have a Cardinals fan to bitch. Uh, they, they've got nothing to bitch about. They got 11 rings. But I'm giving the bitch clock a spin for you, and you're going to get the Cubs. Uh, I was hoping one of us would get this, but <laughs> we but we do we bitch about the Cubs enough. So we'll clock, you have thirty seconds to bitch. Cubs, you could have had a better season, but you lost a bunch to the Pirates. That's that's all I have really. Is that you could have been better, but you were worse than us when it counted. That's how bad you were. This, the Pirates, that were supposed to be the worst team in baseball. You managed to lose to them a bunch of times when it was really important. And every time, you dropped the ball like a bear would do, because a bear can't catch balls with claws. Stop your bitching. So there's bears on that. It's true, and the thing is, we had beaten the Pirates so much earlier in the year, yeah. and then when it really freaking came down to it, we couldn't freaking do it. It was it, uh, we were ten and one, and then we just fucking started dying. Yeah. So tell me about it. We went through it too. Yeah. You beat, <laughs> yeah <laughs> playing spoiler, um, uh, Joe. What do you got to plug right now? What? When's the next time you're performing this month? What do you got going on? Um, well, I'm performing at a castle in Scotland, but no tickets available. Um, after that, I will be back in Chicago. Oh, that was a humble brag right there. Yeah. It was. It totally Just was. sold yeah. the fuck out at a castle. No denying. <laughs> um, performing for royalty. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an old defunct castle. They got those all over Scotland, I think. Uh, they don't like the crown over there too much, actually. No, Have you true. seen Braveheart? <laughs> um, so... Uh, I'll be at um, a show called The Blackout Diaries at the Lincoln Lodge, whatever the Friday in October is after the next one. That is October. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at Friday it. Friday October October after the next Friday the 13th. Friday Ooh, the 13th, Friday. I will be at the Lincoln Lodge for a show called The Blackout Diaries, which comedians tell like stories in which they blacked out and got really drunk. Also, just check my YouTube right there in my name, youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Cheers. Nice. Sweet man. Uh, well, I, I love seeing your stand up. I've seen you a bunch of times. It's always hilarious. And if you haven't seen Joe, he's he's all over the place, and he's definitely in Chicago at least. Oh, I will be in Arizona for spring training. Yeah. Cup fans, spring training. Get out there, March twenty second, March twenty third. I'll be uh, headlining the uh, Mike Drop Mania at the Comedy Club in Chandler, Arizona, about twelve minute drive from Sloan Park in Mesa. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, go see Joe. What else do I have to say about that? And, uh, Billy, what do you got to plug? Joe, if you don't walk into that castle and immediately scream, I am here to view the tapestries, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're right, my man. Uh, I'm right, man. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, please do. Uh, I have a show in Cincinnati on Thursday at this place called Lost and Found. It's a unique venue where it is a, an encased patio, and we yell onto the street. And we've got some tables set up. It's a super fun show. Uh, I have a new podcast coming out this off season called The Off Season with uh, two guys who cover MLS, and we're going to have, you know, soccer writers, baseball folks on, and uh, and hopefully some players, and talk about what their off season routine is. So that'll be super fun. Sweet, Zach. What do you got going on right now? 
Uh, let's see. Next big thing I've got coming up is beginning in November. Uh, my roommate and I have a YouTube channel. We do a lot of like video game and other nerdy stuff. And we every year do a charity drive called Extra Life, where you do a 24-hour gaming marathon to raise money for uh, children's hospitals. So very cool. Yeah. So I'm putting that. I'll put a link to our thing in the in the. Okay, I said it failed to post. I tried to share a link. Uh, <laughs> at, at, we'll, we'll, we'll send it to us and we'll put it out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, otherwise, um, yeah, not not a ton go. I'm working on getting some local shows booked. I just had a really great show this past Friday, but nothing too much uh, cool. going on locally right now. At Z, the letter Z, Funk. Yeah, Zach Funk. So just follow him there. And Eric Wheeler, I know you got a new show going on. Uh, it's an it's a NFL show. Yeah, an NFL show, daily morning show with Kay Adams on FanDuel TV. It's called Up and Adams. Uh, we stream live on YouTube every day. And, uh, yeah, it's great because baseball started, so we're going to talk a little baseball on the show. We got uh, Joe Poznanski uh, on the show on Thursday. Check out his book, uh, A History in 50 Moments, Baseball History in 50 Moments. It's great. And then uh, if you're in L.A., I'll be at the Ice House in Pasadena on Saturday. Sweet. Well, uh, you know, you'll have a lot of time on your hands after Great the club. Diamondbacks take two, uh, take the first two games <laughs> starting tomorrow. Because <laughs> we all know that, like, you know, we're sitting here like, oh, the NL Central, you know, just really they battled each other to pretty even, you know. No, it's because we were all dog shit. Like, every single one of our teams was terrible. But so are and, the Diamondbacks. I mean, come on. They were surging at the end. I think you should be a little scared, Eric. I think you should be a little frightened. All but, I needed them to do was beat the Astros. I know. Could have been happy about something. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Love the shirt. So I, I want to thank you guys all for, for all you do for, uh, you know, br bringing um, the NL Central together with humor. And uh, I don't know. I love you guys. You guys are uh, some of my best friends in the world. And, um, you know, I just appreciate you guys being here tonight. But um, we're going to take it to a commercial break, and then we're going to come you, Danny. back. Uh, love you, Danny. Love you, too. Yeah. But I've, I've got a, a commercial here for In the Clutch, run by Billy DeVore, actually. He works there. And so you should be shopping at In the Clutch. Also, a, a commercial for Cubs PS Plus podcast, because on the flip side, we're going to have Mike Waller on the show, along with poet Sandra Marchetti, who's going to read some uh baseball Cubs poetry for us and uh, lead us into the off season in an artistic fashion. But thank you for being on the Sun Rancho Ranchers Roundtable Cubs autopsy this evening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, for, having having us. Us. Thanks for tolerating me. Yeah, All at really. once. <laughs> 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 not tolerating you, Wheeler. No. And make sure you use promo code SUNRANTO when you shop it in the clutch because you get 10% off your entire purchase. Um, so we've got just a few more guests to go. I do want to also mention hashtag chance in the chat. You could win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. A little bit more doom than love, I think, right now, but I'm feeling the love so tonight. Doom. I also want to mention that we have um, a brand new uh, shirt from Obvious Shirts. So we are now part of the Obvious Shirts family, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to drop the link in the chat right now. Um, and um, I know that those started going out today. I invited Joe from Obvious Shirts to come on the show tonight, but he could not. Um, but he said that they shipped out the first of their Ranter shirts to, to those that have ordered them today. 
So Yay. it won. Well, you can. I just dropped a link. It's you know what? I, I showed that to my children this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they both were like, I want a Ranter shirt, which I was I was somewhat surprised by, but also touched. Yeah, was, no, I'm surprised they're not embarrassed by you and don't want anything to do with anything. Very true. I actually asked them if they would like to have, if I could get the Rancher one, and then maybe I'd get Rancher Junior and Rancher Junior Junior. But they didn't want to go with that. <laughs> exactly. Now you're being embarrassing. No. So, <laughs> uh, without further ado, I'd like to bring on to the show Mike Waller from the PS Plus podcast and Cubs Poet Laureate Sandra Marchetti. How are you doing? Welcome okay. to the show. Oh, I'm Mike. doing great. Andy, hello. Hello. I've not met Mike before, so this is fun. Mike, is Sandy, hello. Sandy, Mike. Um, Mike is uh, part of uh, one of the new uh, – well, he is one of the, the freshest new Cubs podcasts on the scene. He's got wow. a great weekly show. Uh, I enjoy listening to him talk at two times speed, which is <laughs> what I listen to. Mike, I listen to you guys too. Yeah, <laughs> Sandy, Mike is very much different than us. Got it. You and I have a artistic sort of like we we try and create images out of words and and beauty. And Mike Waller likes to just break anything, everything down to ones and zeros. Mike Waller <laughs> right, has Mark? a thousand spreadsheets, is what you're telling. Yes, <laughs> at his fingertips at any moment. But not to he spoil knows how to create a pivot table. Cotton and I are going to work on a collaboration this off season. So absolutely, no, and, and yeah, and and honestly, look, that's not in any way a, a negative. I think Mike Waller's look. I don't listen. There are a lot of people on the show. I don't listen to everybody's podcast. I listen to Mike Waller's podcast. It's good. So I appreciate it. That's the, the look. I'm not going to come right out and say anybody's got you know a better podcast than anybody else. But I will tell you what I listen to. And Mike Waller's one of them. And I also read Sandra's book, Isle 228, which was released just this year. I got to play one of the book releases, and I'm going to drop the link for that in the chat as well. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon. Um, wait, I will get that link for you in a second. But um, uh, how's it been going with uh, selling the book? Are you still on book tour, Sandy? Yeah, you know, I'm still doing some events. I'm going to be in Highland Park in November doing an event. And I think I have maybe one or two readings lined up for the end of the year or something in December. I'm also teaching an online class with WordCrafters, which is a um, it's a studio out of Oregon, actually, Tracktown, USA. Um, and um, But it's virtual. And so if you want to learn more about how to write sports literature, which is maybe a little different than sports writing, um, <laughs> a creative writing about sports, um, join the class. It'll be a lot of fun. And people can find me all over social media and find the links. For Sandy, can I, I just drop the link there, too, in the chat Thank if you, you guys are following. Yeah, Sandy, can I get that? For free, can we maybe do like some like where you and I just talk about that? Because I write things and it's I mean, it's sports. 
It for might you, be for you, of course, of course, <laughs> we can make it happen. Yeah. So how much how much time did you spend in the ballpark this year? Uh, w- were you in uh, aisle uh, two twenty eight? I unfortunately games? I wasn't. You know the the tickets that I have now are in section two hundred eight as they renamed and renumbered everything. You know, ah. um, and of course uh, two twenty eight was in the box seats behind first base. Um, and I think I don't know if I've told this story on here, but. <laughs> Um, my father's friend who was the season ticket holder for those seats, um, he, he, after the 2014 season, he said, this team sucks and I'm not paying for this anymore. (laughs) Um, and, uh, my father and I, you know, I was younger at the time, but we were trying to convince him, no, you know, this is the time to hold on to them. They're just about, this team's about to... You know, fly high. And um, he sold, he, he gave back the season tickets. And uh, I don't know if he regrets it or not, but uh, I sure would if it was me. So now we're, now we're behind third base. You know? That's one of the worst bad beat stories ever. Like yeah, you hear about is. like gamblers talking about their bad yeah, beats. Yeah, it's That's- a bad beat. That's for sure a bad beat. <laughs> but all the comfort that I can take now is that I'm closer to Bleacher Jeff. Um, and that makes me feel good. Yeah, you can smell it from there. I was going to say, you might be happy that you're not any closer. (laughs) I don't need to be in the bleachers. (laughs) I mean, I know that's a no-no for this pod. I'm I'm more of a box seats gal. Sorry. I sit everywhere. I'm not just a bleacher guy either. I like sitting all around the the, the ballpark. And uh, I know I've sat in my – I'm a right field bleacher guy, and everybody hates me. Now, that's it. Yeah, I believe that. That's not just stupid. I feel sucked. Yeah. Yeah, right field absolutely <laughs> sucks. But and Mike, you sit uh, on the third baseline too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, you've got, yeah, right, real close to where Sandy sits. So, uh, not exactly how we wanted the season to go. I know we all kind of uh, kind of experienced it together online uh, at on Twitter on uh, the Discord and stuff. Uh, I listened to all Mike's takes on it on uh, Cubs PS Plus podcast. Mike, were you um, at all? surprised how it epically collapsed at the end or was it kind of expected? I, I, I was surprised, but for a different kind of reason, like you could see it coming. It was like a car crash in slow motion. But the one thing I kept hanging my hat on was I didn't trust any of the other people in the race to win their games. So yeah, I thought the Cubs might make it in because the Marlins just couldn't win enough games or the Reds the- couldn't get over the hump. Um, and so that's what I was hanging my hat on at the end. But it really wouldn't have taken much. Even as bad as they were, they get one more chances. out. Yeah. You know, get one more hit. Get one more runner in from third base. Um, but it was, I mean, starting with that Brave series, it was just just hit after hit. I think it was, uh, I forget, maybe it was Cody, but gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. Um yeah, they looked so tired. They they weren't, you know, tag like Nico stopped l- remembering how to, like, tag you know and, and just like these dumb mistakes I, who was it that brought up uh, Joe just brought up that ball that could have been caught by Dansby that was mm-hmm. just kind of hanging up there in the air and he just kind of looked at it as like I'm supposed to do something here but oh, the uh, one that came off the pitcher he had all the yeah, time in the world all to get the time that in the world yeah, and, bounced off that dude's shoulder so, I've never seen defense slump like that like it really felt like they were freezing up and slumping I think yeah. they, were, they were pressing so hard I think yeah. that's actually a great point Though the old adage is that defense doesn't slump. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we That's saw why I bring that horrifically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they just got tired and it and it felt like also that they just because they didn't have enough on the roster to that there there was nobody that was going to ride in on the white horse and kind of save the season and save the moment and like they just were totally out of steam but it, it you know not to b- bring it to tr- with an awkward sort of um uh, segue to writing but i know that there's times when you can slump as an artist and you just can't think of good ideas and you know you have to fight through like writing a million shitty songs or poems before you come on a really good one and you might have had to write all those shitty poems to write the one good one so uh you said you were going to share a poem with us this evening yeah. if not a couple sure. um but uh w- would you mind um well Sandy how many up? do you have I have two really short ones and Sweet. they're going to serve different purposes. Sweet. Okay, would you would you mind if I jump in with one somewhere in there either no. in between or you before go first? or you, what do you want to do? Well, that's what I I'm, I'm asking you're the guest. You you yeah, you yeah. can say before after I want to hear Sandy's whatever. poem before your poem. That's for sure. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, you, Sandy, you have two poems, so why don't I go in between? And well, I think that's we, a great idea. So it's kind of a shit sandwich. The two good things are on either side. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be for the audience to decide. Actually, Danny, before Danny, when he asked me to come on here, he was like, "Can you write something about the season?" And Danny has got to be like one of the most prolific artists I know. He writes all these things. He listens to all these things. He's consuming all this media. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think Danny knows that I'm not him. But I did find some things that were apropos for the occasion. So um, yeah, I asked her to whip something up. She's like, I can't. I'm not whipping <laughs> something. Like, Just whip up, whip up a brilliant poem real quick. Right, Danny can do that. Um, and, 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 and many other people on this podcast. So, but here's what I've got. Okay. This first one is called flowers and, um, it's sort of a choose your own adventure poem. You can fill in the blank for any cub that might be leaving, might be a free agent, right? So I was thinking about Cody Bellinger, but it could be Kyle Hendricks or whoever you think might be, might be leaving (laughs) flowers. I surface after a deep hyacinth whiff and spot the snapdragons, electric lemon, and the ranunculus, so rosy but not a rose. They are there too, many thorned and lipstick bright, wide open floribundas. I tie a spearmint ribbon, saved for this occasion, and hand you the bouquet knowing it will be my last chance before you go. Oh my God. You, you just killed me with that thing. <laughs> that, that's beautiful. That was amazing. Very nice. Yeah, handing a, handing a bunch of flowers and saying goodbye to Cody Bellinger and next season all at once. That was so seriously amazing. Like absolutely. Let's throw the, the snaps in there. So you don't think it's about you don't think it's about baseball, but it is. <laughs> but I, but, but I do think that uh, I think when I went and saw Sandy read from her book, she said, "Don't snap." 
It's okay. It's okay. I think she was like, yeah, let's not do that. I was personally asked, like, they asked me, would you like us to snap or would you like us to clap? And so in that case, I said I prefer clapping. But if I'm not pissed, I'm not going to go postal if you. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the few times that snapping is clapping is acceptable. So, like, you don't do it anywhere else. Like, maybe we should do it all when she signed my book, she was like, fuck off with your snapping. <laughs> it was snap. weird. I didn't understand why she put that. Well, <laughs> and then I told his wife to leave. <laughs> Just really harsh. Cotton, th- <laughs> Cotton, throw me your poem about your wife being asked to leave. Oh, God. That's a different poem. His wife is lovely. I'm joking. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm throwing out the Ivy Fall. Uh, the ivy turns brown and falls from the vine, exposing the sturdiness of the red brick behind. Bright sun shines through the crisp cold. Wrigley is overcome by the ghosts of old. Legends, we are told, playing seasons gone by. Memories echoing under the gray winter sky. Very nice. Wow. I'm going to clap and not snap. That was that was kind of my winter Wrigley poem. Mike, really you, you like got that. a poem? I do not. You do not want to hear that. <laughs> I think he has a spreadsheet he'll be pulling up, though. <laughs> Bill, Bill Sugis has a poem. There once was a fucker named Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he said was rotten. I kicked him in the balls. I said, you're killing me, Smalls. And, and everything that he says, I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Gumster Domus all the way. So uh, I would, I would like to bring another voice out of this podcast right now. It's it's our friend, the prospect expert. Oh well, no, hold on. We got one more from Sandy. No, we'll get to the poem. We got we got to switch up. We can't just be all poems all the time. <laughs> we, we, yeah, that was the last podcast we did where it was all poems. Oh my yeah. god, I'm 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 all into all poems. We'll Sandy, go out with. We're just going to do the Cubs poem podcast. Look, Greg is wearing a, a poem on his shirt. Could you, we see that poem here? It says, Iowa, <laughs> Iowa, Tennessee, South Bend, Myrtle Beach. It's Very, simple. Is that a haiku? I don't know. I didn't count. It's supposed to. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to edit here where I shouldn't, but it should be Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I noticed you you introduced me as a as a prospect expert. I prefer prospect nerd. Well, you just be happy I didn't say pervert. Yeah, there you go. Prospect pervert, Greg. Then you have Elsie Campos calling in. (laughs) So, um, you know, it it was uh, we saw a few guys come up to the the big squad this year. We saw. Uh, Canario, he didn't play. We didn't really see him, but uh, we saw him come in and uh, learn how to sit on the bench. We saw PCA, who looked a little overmatched, saw Luke Little at the very end, saw, you know, Palencia come up and maybe do more than he should have been asked to do. We saw a bunch of, uh, out, out of this group of guys that you saw come up, like, you know, just give me your general overview of what you saw that you liked, what you saw you didn't like, uh, what you were encouraged by, what you were discouraged by. Where are you with this group? I, yeah, I, I think that it was a fun year to see guys. Like, we haven't seen this many dudes come up 
to Chicago as prospects in years and years and years, right? I mean, this is having all the guys you named, plus Jordan Wicks, plus Miguel Amaya, plus yeah. I know Mervis came up and he didn't perform well, but like all, all, all these, like we've had a lot of prospects. Let's not come forget up Jared like, Young. And, Come on, and, man. And JY, yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's like we haven't had that many guys that like aren't like thirty-three year old rookies come up in, in like eight years, you know? So that was fun. That was fun to watch. I think that that um I would have liked to see some of these these players get actual playing time, but I will say that like we're I'm saying that, and I think a lot of us are saying that because the Cubs sucked down the, down, down the stretch, right? Like, it's not just a matter of like, oh, like, call up PCA, call up Canario, and like, they have to play. It's just the fact that the guys that were playing over them blew, and like, we blew it down the stretch, you know? So, I don't know. It, it was a fun year for being a prospect nerd and getting to see those guys that I've been watching from Myrtle Beach all the way up to Chicago perform. It was, it was a fun year, honestly. So, Oh, so Mike, yeah, you know, talk a little bit here. Like Greg's talking about these guys coming up because the guys who were there kind of, kind of blew. <laughs> you are maybe the most optimistic uh, Cubs fan I know. Um, and just in in general terms, you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, these things are good about these guys. Uh, tell Greg he's wrong. That they were actually good. <laughs> I, I mean, when they All came right. up, uh, like I think Sarah's brought it up multiple times. When Matt Mervis, when he got sent back down, I thought he was putting together some really good at bats, hitting some tough luck. Um, Canario didn't play enough, but he had some good at bats up there. Um, the one thing I'll hang my hat on with PCA is I know every time he's been promoted, he's had a relatively short span of time where he does struggle and has to adjust Mm -hmm. and the pennant race wasn't really the time to go do that. Um, But I think like he led off with, I mean, there's so many guys coming up and you can see him moving up through the system. Like you can see these guys coming and that that's a lot of fun. It cracks me up. It's, it's so, so funny to me that PCA was called up to be a defensive guy and like maybe steal a base or two. Like that that was what he's called up for. And he struggled at the plate in what, like how many plate appearances did he have? Like fifteen? Like not even. Yeah, he might have been pushing twenty. Yeah. And it's like everyone's like, Oh, PCA actually sucks. It's like no, like no. Like what are you talking about? He like he, he's been he here was, for ten minutes. Calm yeah, down. Yeah, he was called up to be a defense like only play the outfield. And, and how many starts were there? Two yeah. maybe? So no rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, I we we so we just got done recording like our end of the year show for Cubs on Deck uh, about 15 minutes ago, and we were t- Brian was talking about how like the discourse this off season when like PCA is still ranked number one in the system and people were like that's not possible like this this organization must suck if PCA is still ranked number like the discourse <laughs> is going to be phenomenal and I'm going to be laughing the entire off season it's going to be terrific. Well, and I'll, even on the reverse that people saw, Canario in his – and he should have played more. I think that we all would have liked to have seen Canario play more. But uh, he didn't. But when he did play, he did great. He had an OPS like of 1,100 or something like that. He hit, hit a, a big home run. Um, he hit a triple the other day, like everything we saw of him. But that I don't think that is what's going to happen. Like if you just like he is our starting left fielder now or whatever they're going to do, you know, I don't think that he's going to have a year like that 
probably um, yeah. there's development still to be done. But I'm going to put up the prospect lists here. This is the top 15 prospects that the Cubs have. Um, tell me about, uh, and maybe uh, anybody can answer this question, uh, who would you like and who do you think will be up on the big squad next year? Who do you think gets a chance in spring training to even earn a spot? If uh, what And what spots do you even think are open for the – for the Cubs this year, does Ben Brown get a look? Does is Casey ready or like what's going can I, on? Can I can I rapid fire down these? Please can do. I, can I? All right, so not necessarily opening day, but in guys that we will probably see in Chicago next year: PCA, yes; Cade Horton, yes; Owen Casey, yes; Kevin Alcantara, maybe Ben Brown, yes; Matt Shaw, yes; Ballesteros, no; Ferris, no. Triantos, probably not. Wicks, yes. Rojas, no. Arias, no. Mervis, yes. Canario, yes. Drew Gray, no. Wow. That's a lot of yeses. That's a lot of yeses. Yes. That is a shit ton of of yeses. Yeah, Greg, are you aware that there are only 26 spots? Oh, we're getting rid of Nico. We're getting rid of Dansby. We're getting rid of uh, all the guys. <laughs> I love that you started with Nico and Dansby. The first two guys on the chopping block. And, and none of those guys were shortstops or second baseman that I just called out either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, obviously they would love it if all those guys came up because hey, they're cheap. Of course, they're going to be making the league minimum. But that would and, mean, that- and the the truth is, the Cubs do not care what position you play. Once you get to the big leagues, you play where they put you. Third so base. It doesn't matter if it's the shortstop or second base. <laughs> And, Try and, out like ten guys. And, and I want to I want to ask this question to Mike and uh, I and and IFG. Anybody can answer answer it. But like, do you see them moving on from anybody to make room for these guys? I guess I'll start with you, Mike. Like, do you, would would they move on from let's say Ian Happ or uh, you know trade him? Well, do you feel like you could get something in order to make room? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, I want to see what they do this off season. I mean, Happ is somebody who. He's now got three years left on that contract. There's a new trade, but it doesn't mean a trade couldn't potentially happen. Um, but off the top, you got first base, third base, an outfield position, DH. Um, I think it's more about seeing these guys and giving them shots. Like One of the things that makes Cody Bellinger interesting to me is he could be center fielder, he could be first base. So that gives you a chance to go into the spring potentially with PCA and Mervis, see if it, one of them pops. And maybe Bellinger plays the other position. Um, and I think just the overall depth. You know, one thing we all complained about was everybody burned out and tired in the end. We did see some guys step up. I mean, Canario played well down the stretch twice during the season when there were injuries. Miles Mastroboni played reasonably well. That shows me that, especially if these kids can come up and fill in for a couple weeks, there's no reason you can't give Dansby and Horner and happen some of these guys some days off in June and July. And I know Cubs Twitter, to get back to the bitch clock, will freak out every time they see any deviation in the lineup. But you need some of those. And if it maybe in some cases, if you give up a game in June because you're playing a B lineup or because you go to another reliever in a leverage spot, maybe you have Michael Fulmer and Alzelay down the stretch when you really need to stack up wins. Absolutely. And I think one of my biggest complaints is that we didn't play the kids enough. So now we're going into the off season and nobody knows what these kids are. How do you trade them? If like, if these are the kids that you want to, you know, 
move on from in order to like buy a big piece. Like nobody knows what Alexander Canario is. He's been there for five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Matt, no, Matt no. Mervis, Matt Mervis is a good example of that, right? Like absolutely. He, he, he yeah. killed it in 2021 or sorry, killed it in 2022. And then he didn't get called up to the big leagues. So you entered yep. this season, not having any idea if he could like get right into the mix of the major league level at first base. So then you had to go sign, well, you didn't have to. So then they go and sign <laughs> Trey Mancini and, and Eric Hosmer, give right. them way too much run. And then you call him Matt Mervis. He goes through growing pains. It's like, all right, like, can you really blame him for having two weeks of growing pains when he hasn't seen major league talent yeah. yet? Exactly. Yeah. And then immediately they send him back down and that just kicks the can down the road. Now he's another year older and we still don't know yeah. what he is. Right, and the issue, too, I think, is, like, I remember with Joe Madden, right, we hated it when he once a week had a lineup up there that was a jumble of bench guys or whatever, but he was doing it to give guys rest and also to see what he had with some of these bench players because he knew, oh, how we pine now for the days of this. But he knew that those (laughs) bench guys were going to be needed down the stretch and the veterans needed rest, and obviously that message did not compute for Rossi. You know, and now we have this issue where, you know, nobody really has any major league experience, even though they were riding the bench. It's it's frustrating. I don't know if Ross will play these prospects next year if they come up. If the team's competitive, I don't think they will get to play as much as they should. Yep. Um, I want to add to Andy, that point. I, I, have to, I have to remind you that the Cubs won 98 games that year and they missed the playoffs. So I, I, that's not a good argument. But one of the things we saw in, I remember 2016, sometimes it was injuries, sometimes it was just depth, but they would bring Kyle Schwarber up, or probably 2015 actually, bring Schwarber up for, let him kind of play off and on for a couple weeks, and then he was back down to Iowa. Mm -hmm. And they did the same with Contreras. Like, Mm -hmm. Canario does not have to be up on the major league roster in a starting position the entire season, but take some shots and get him some at bats, and then. Even with Ian Happ. Ian Happ was a rookie in 2017. That team was competitive. They let him play. Yeah, and he hit a bunch of home runs. runs. Yeah. Yeah. And then they sent him back to Iowa, and he spent – because it wasn't working out, and they needed to see something else. And, yeah, it doesn't have to be like you're up. If you're going to come up, why not play? I think that was the frustrating thing for us is be like you have these guys on the team. There are at-bats you could be giving them, but but you refuse to do it for whatever reason. Because we need 27 clubhouse leaders. (laughs) It's it's what it felt like. um, so I'm, I, I'm just glad that the Dominican Winter League is there to teach our rookies how to hit. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I can't. When you were named naming the Aguilas, I can't wait to watch that team. That's yeah, going to be incredible. Be so much fun. I'm all in. I'm going to get an Aguilas jersey. Hell yeah! Maybe they'll let you play. Just go on down there. They might let you suit up. Just tell well, them they, you're the manager. Tell them you're a scout. They won't. Know. I was going to say, there's no way they're going to let me play, but I could manage the team, maybe. So um, I would like to, to know um, what minor league player, uh, and maybe, maybe uh, anybody could answer this too, but I, this is mostly directed to Greg, is what, who's a minor league player that is going to surprise us? That he's not on that top fifteen list, but he's gonna, but he might end up on the major league squad because you think he's gonna play his way, whether through spring training, like 
yeah, is it a pitcher? Is it a who do you who do you see could surprise us next year and get get on the squad? Um, that's a good question. Maybe not opening day. I I have yeah, an not opening day. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have an answer sometimes. that's a super deep cut, but I'm trying to think of one that's not as deep of a cut. Um, I'll, I'll go to the deep cut first because I have it off the top of my head. So I, I look at the way that the Cubs have treated the catcher position over the last eight years or so. Um, and they love the guys that have, like, the soft skills. Um, Wilson Contreras fell into their laps because he was a stud in the minor leagues. Yep. Outside of him, it's just been, like, guy, like catchers who can't hit to save their lives and that manage a pitching, pitching staff well. Um, Bryce Windham is in AAA right now, and he doesn't have a lick of power, uh, but he doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play a lot. And he's a really freak athlete. He was originally a second baseman, um, converted to catcher. Um, they love second baseman to play some other position. They dig that. They dig just that. like they love playing, uh, taking a catcher and sticking him somewhere else. So it's all yeah. yeah. So I think with Bryce Windham, like he's not like he's never going to be a starting catcher in Chicago. Like that's not that is not. So that's why this is a deep cut. He's never going to be a starting catcher. Uh, but he could be that, like, he, he could make an impact and spend some serious time in Chicago as a third catcher that can also play some second or third. Uh, a, a P.J. Higgins of the past few years, yes. you know. Um, well, uh, I mean, you you know what they need next year, right? Amaya is – no, they only have one catcher. Gomes is done. Like, he, Gomes, they've Gomes will be back. him. Gomes will be back. But it's a team option. Yeah. Oh, they. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I I was looking yeah. at his contract today, and they said he was done. Yeah. Well, like next year, okay, like I, what back. I expect next year is like Miguel but, Amaya and Jan Gomes to share their responsibilities behind the plate a whole lot more. Than Miguel Amaya and Jan Gomes need to switch spots. Yeah, and I think I think that's what you'll probably see next year. I right? hope. And then, I like, hope so. Work the way into into Miggy being <laughs> the guy behind the plate in 2025, yeah. like the starting guy. So yeah. I I think it's hilarious that. Sandy and I are like on the exact same page. We do not really know each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, Moises ba- Balestros too behind him, uh, but he's on that list of uh, of prospects as well. Yeah, so. he's a, he's he's fun. Like he's going to be a fan favorite. Bayesteros is. I mean, like he's like Bayesteros. That's how he you say is. Uh, I mean, he's like a thick boy behind the plate. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you think he'll stick there? I love a big boy catcher. Yeah, I don't know that he'll stick there. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I, I he, <laughs> he actually has a pretty good arm. Uh, but he's just like a big boy, and I worry about his defense behind the plate. Uh, I love a good he, old old fashioned fat catcher. He can be a Rod Barajas back there. No, I, I always uh, feel like the fat catcher should go to the NHL. Like, <laughs> I feel like they have the, all the skills they need right there. No, I, I I have him like I, I view him as a first base DH guy, but like I have him ranked above Matt Mervis and Hayden McGeary and guys like that. Like I think he's a top a top ten guy in, in the organization because like the dude knows how to hit. He's nineteen years old. He made it up to Double A. He hasn't really tapped into power yet. Like I think I think Moises Ballesteros is is like really damn good. Like really really good. I've heard people say they think he's the best bat in the system. What do you think, Greg? Um, I think that no. <laughs> I, I, I no, I, I think that he could be. I think that he could be. I, I think that he combines a weird combination of like he has a really good hit tool. He's really good at going the opposite way. Like Pepper's left center right. gap. Um, he has some pop that he hasn't yet tapped into, and he has a really really good approach. Like he's 19 years old, made it up to Double A, 
and struck out like 15% of his at bat, like super low strikeout rate. So, um, yeah, like that combination is not something that we really have in the organization. I mean, yeah, I think that we yeah. have guys that like Owen Casey can hit the crap out of the ball, but like he doesn't necessarily bring all those qualities that Ballesteros does. So yeah, definitely more of a three true outcomes type of for Casey. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. But that's a guy like we look at, I think the Cubs desperately, desperately need like the middle, you guys have probably already talked about it here today, but like the middle of the order bats, right? Like the guy with actual, like that can be a three, four hitter. And like Owen Casey's not going to be that guy next year because he's going to be 21 years old. Um, but like that's the type of hitter that shows like actual pop that you can potentially put in the middle of the order so that Ian Happ isn't batting three hole and Dansby isn't batting five hole. You know, um, you still need to go out and find somebody this offseason outside the organization to do that. But like Owen Casey can be that in a few years. Like he may strike out a ton. But he's gonna like he's gonna he's gonna hit the ball a long ways, and not in the way that Patrick Wisdom does. <laughs> you mean that half the time he doesn't hit the ball at all? Exactly. Yeah. You mean yeah. that way? Yeah. Um, oh, Casey's had a two two eighty nine batting average this year, so still pretty decent, even though he's struck out a lot. When oh, the young guys that have come up, like Morel and Canari, you just see the ball pop off their bat. I mean, it's yeah. just a different level different. of power. Mike, is there is there somebody that's on this uh, team right now that would absolutely break your heart if uh, they moved on from? Like you just mentioned, Morel. That's what brings that question to mind. Is is there is don't is say there... Morel, Mike. No, I was going to say. I mean, there are, but at the same time, I've been through. I was I was kind of looking back this year. I've been following the Cubs since like 1982, and Danny, I think we're about the same age, and there just haven't been that many great seasons. And so honestly, if the Cubs win, unless they're just full of assholes, I don't really care. I mean, <laughs> I, I can move on from a guy watching like Nelson Velasquez. I can root for him in Kansas city. If they make some moves, make some trades and some guys ship out and the end result is a really good team. I'm good. Yeah. It just, it did feel like we had, the thing that it feels like to me this year for the Cubs is that if they would have just played all the guys they had a little bit differently, trusted some of the young bats a little bit more, gave them more of an opportunity earlier in the season, maybe maybe broke with Morel. I mean, Morel was hitting dongs in spring training, and they were like, nah, we don't need him. And he hit, like, what, 12 home runs? In or Nelly. Bring some Nelly. third outfielder with you. Yeah, they didn't even have a third outfielder. <laughs> a yeah. third outfielder. That's we we don't we want ask. like anything amazing from the plate. We just want somebody who understands the defensive position they're of supposed outfield. to play. Yeah, usually spring break is about like or spring training is about who's going to be that fourth outfielder, the fifth outfielder. We didn't yeah. leave camp with three. We we just had two. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just like so. I just kind of feel like if they had just played it a little bit differently, they would be in it because they only missed it by a couple of games and they they lost a lot of games by very few runs. So, or if you miss it because those guys are getting at bats and maybe put up the same numbers that Hosmer and Mancini did, but you're giving guys a shot and you're learning something about them and you're learning something about your organization going forward. Absolutely. That's what I was saying early in the season. We had Mancini and Hosmer there. And my argument was that Jed couldn't evaluate their own, the guys on his team. Because if he could, we could have gotten that same production out of Mervis and Young instead of Mancini and Hosmer. You absolutely could have, and I just don't understand how we broke with the with team. With better defense. Yeah. yeah. With better defense. Thank you. 
So I'm going to – Greg's got to get going. Uh, he's got a he, – he's on the clock, so let's put him on the clock, the bitch clock. This, this is this is the hardest thing for me to do because I'm, I'm all about the positivity in the organization. So I don't, I don't have much to bitch about. <laughs> Greg and I are not going to do that. My sole I'm job sure I can on make up social media is to bring <laughs> optimism at all well, times. Well, how about this? I believe the, in you, Greg. Then take take all the negative things that you've heard about the things that we've been saying about these mm. topics and tell mm. us why we, we shouldn't feel that way. Well, yeah, I mean, Eric Wheelow he had to think about the Brewers, oh. and he turned it on the Cubs somehow. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add. All right, I didn't. I'll spin it again here. All right, what we got? We've got. Let's see what we come up with here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby! Oh <laughs> <laughs> time tonight. You've got North Shore. I got oh, right on the edge. Diapers. Clock. You have thirty seconds to bitch. All right, so my thing with North Shore adult diapers, I, I am very confused as to why Zach Zaidman isn't the lone reader of the North Shore adult diapers <laughs> ad read. Because we're stuck with Pat Hughes having to like laugh his way through these ad reads. It hits a little too close to home for Pat, I feel like. Zach just needs to stand up. He needs to read these, these ad reads every single time it, it's, it's time to go. He needs to step up. He never does. I don't know what's wrong with him. But North Shore adult diapers, great ad read, just wrong person doing it. <laughs> Stop your bitching. Do, do you know why? But uh, be, probably Pat's got to do him is because Zach is too busy laughing and cackling. <laughs> he can't. He can't Can get through the ad read without the meta moment that is Greg advocating to put a prospect in to do the read instead of the Hall of Famer. Absolutely. the Hall of Famer put in the prospect. That's incredible. <laughs> you're, you're like the anti-Ross. You know, you're like, if you're over 30, you all the kids. Yeah, you're, if you're over 30, you're not playing on Greg's team. That's Leo, Leo DiCaprio, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're 26, go home. <laughs> well, th- this is how it goes down when you, you're touching on hour three uh, <laughs> on, on a Cubs autopsy. But we'll let you go, Greg, and we're going to uh, hear another poem from uh, Sandy, and we'll – We'll wrap this sucker up, but hashtags. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to leave you. Thanks, guys. But but thanks. Uh, please put. Uh, uh, why don't you plug everything that you do? Yeah, you can find. Uh, go find the podcast that I do, Cubs on Deck, uh, all about Cubs minor league prospects. Uh, over on anywhere where you lo- listen to this show, over on the Northside Bound YouTube page, I host that with Brian Smith and Greg Zumak, as well as some of the Cubs broadcasters, Cubs minor league broadcasters. We just uh, as. Right before we, I came on here, we finished our award show. We handed out 18 different awards uh, in the in the organization, so go check that out. Um, besides that, you can find me on Twitter, Out of the Vines. Uh, find my writing over at Northside Bound, all that good stuff. Well, we're so lucky to have somebody, uh, well, actually a lot of people, looking so in-depthly at the minor leagues because nobody has time for, for that. <laughs> you know, they ain't don't. nobody got time for that. I don't ain't, have time nobody, for that. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's wonderful that you do because you know I know that Mike had uh, you had Greg on your show, right? Yeah, I've had Greg on twice. He was my first repeat yep. cast. Yeah, 
Exactly. So now we're all meeting each other. Everybody's like, you know, talking to each other. And it's just wonderful to get all this information for everybody. I appreciate everything you do. But thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, we'll see you this winter. I appreciate it, everybody. Good to see everybody. Later, brother. Thank you. So, uh, Sandra, do you have another poem for us that you picked up tonight? I'd I love do. To hear and this one. one, I mean, it might be a little too soon for this. Oh. Um, like but, in the, in the show or? Cause it is no, definitely three. not in the show. Oh, my God, no. Um, How much longer do you think we're going to go here? <laughs> October 2nd might be a little too soon for ah, this poem. Yeah. But I think. I think what else do we have, right? We're going to we're going to bitch about the playoffs, so we're going to watch them and bitch about them because our teams didn't make it and even our backup teams didn't make it in the case of Infield Fly Girl and myself. Um <laughs> so <laughs> this poem is will I think conjure up a little bit of spring and and summer and what we're looking forward to getting back to. So Friday 120 If you shut your eyes, you'll forget where you are and hear the nature of real things. From your seat, the long, low call of the hot dog vendor is a morning dove singing to those he loves. Oh. It's, Friday 120 is really what it's all about. That's what it's the difference of the romance of uh, being a Cubs fan versus any other kind of fan, you know? That's why Seriously. we get to be sentimental. Yep. You, yeah. uh, you nail it every time. So oh, good. Thank you. So, Mike, uh, still no poem? I gave still you like good. a good – I gave, gave you 15 <laughs> minutes. I, I did blow my cue on that one. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, those baseball reference pages can be can really be poems. <laughs> you know, if you really look hard enough, there's poems in all of them. There's so. poems everywhere. Yeah, if you if you <laughs> look. Uh, now, I I know that you, you maybe don't want to go into the bitch clock like Greg, but you've got to because everybody else took a turn. Oh, yeah. But Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you in the bitch clock. Are Are you ready, my friend? I am ready. Hopefully, no diapers. <laughs> We, we, we'll give you a mulligan. To be uh, fair, we've had as many unwanted diapers as we've had in every Cubs uh, broadcast. Oh, yeah. It's been I'm actually just glad Trevor Bauer's not on this one. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> a, I could add it. I could add it. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, this is a good one for you. Uh, did we have this one already? Yes, well, we did. Yeah, all right. But I, I think it's still a good one. Uh, Roster Let's go. construction. Clock, you have 30 seconds to pitch. Everyone wants David Ross fired. Everybody points to the errors made at the end of the season. This season was lost, and we didn't even know. Well, I guess we sort of did know it in April and May. We left camp with two outfielders. We had a bunch of guys like Torrens and Rios who never played. When the roster did actually get deeper with guys who showed they could play later, they didn't play enough. And they might as well just start the season with, like, 12 guys and go at it all season. <laughs> this year, it's got to be better. They got to get deeper, and they got to use that depth. Amen. Stop your bitching. Amen. Very good. I like the idea that they should just start with twelve guys because that's the truth. They, there's no sense in filling every roster spot if you're not going to use it, them. Yeah, Louis Torrance. That's would how like Ricketts can save money. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we know we could have 25, 26, but we're going to go with 12 if that's cool with you. <laughs> All at league minimum. Um, 
Uh, Sandy, would you like to take a uh, spin yeah. of – Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, she's in. She's in. All right. Okay, sweet. Get away, Sandy. All right, here, here we go. Let's Hopefully we get something different here. Sandy, you got to say it in rhyme, though. No. <laughs> I'll try to be eloquent. That's the best I can do. <laughs> here we go. Taking the spin. Round and round she goes where she stops. Only the bitch clock knows. Ooh, it could be Cubs Twitter again. Okay. <laughs> clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. Well, so I had a hit tweet actually on Cubs Twitter the last game of the season and I talked about why I thought the Cubs were so gassed at the end of the season after doing the playoff push um, right before the trade deadline. And a lot of people told me I was wrong. And I just, I have to say to them, they, they should have read the whole thread. Unfortunately, these people don't have any critical thinking skills, no metacognition. <laughs> They're just angry. They're not good at reading. Stop your bitching! I love how you ran out of time. There was a lot of context I had to get through there before I could really start. It was perfect, Sandy. It was perfect. These people can't read. They have no critical thinking skills. They're not even reading what they're arguing about. It's It's like like, platform. If you can't read, get off of it. Thank you. I had a I had a guy the other day that I totally agreed with him, and he kept arguing with me. I'm like, yes. and I would say, yeah, dude, you're right. I do think that, too. And he'd be like, hold, hold no, on, hold on, Danny. That was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was you yeah. tonight on this show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, no, it's just like, did you read what I wrote? Like, are you listening to what I just said? I think you're right. No. I'm like, oh. It's like duck season, duck season, rapid season, rapid season. You know, it's like. What? It's a parasympathetic nervous system response that just as soon as you see it, you're just like, what's my counter argument? Yeah, it's yeah. like, but I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> oh, I'm a harmonious man. person. I don't want to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, that's pretty much all we got for this whole show. Shockingly, that I, I'm out of ideas. Um, um, but actually, I'm not. We're going on the we're going on the Discord after. Hold, hold oh. on, before before we get out of here, Danny. Come on, before we get out of here, we got three people who've been on the show every single. Well, not every single episode. You're the only one that makes it in every episode because uh, if you don't show up, we don't show up. And uh, no, I, I, I think it's a moment for us to just thank these people for uh, listening along with us and, and, and doing this. If you, if you have a moment for a uh, non bitchcock, an actual like uh, a thoughtful, like farewell to the season, I, I think that would be appropriate right now. Okay, farewell season. <laughs> farewell, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. I am What about you? Any, any, anything less eloquent than what Danny just said? All I was going to bring up was that we're going to do the chance competition, and then you got all freaking sentimental on me, and I'm like, I'm just trying to move the show along at hour freaking three and tell people to go to Discord because I'm not even done yet. We've all got five more minutes. Okay, I have G.
Hi, Ranters. <laughs> it's been an absolute... This is my first full season on the Sun Ranto Show. It has been an absolute blast. Uh, logging in on here and arguing with Cotton and mostly agreeing with him at the same time, paradoxically. <laughs> it's been it's been weird, all right? But thank you all for for every Discord conversation with the, the Patreon supporters, and thank you for every time I've gotten a surprise uh, Venmo when I was at the ballpark so I can get a hot dog and a beer. And thank you for, you know, sharing... A, what you're drinking along with us and thank you for the neurospicy ranters thread in the discord which might be my favorite corner of the entire internet and i love you all thank you so much for being a part of my baseball life you see danny that's how you're supposed to fucking do it yeah but i knew she would do it better than me so i just let her do it and then i don't have to do it um, actually, I, I sent something to our Patreon supporters the other day. I, I sent a little message to everybody just thanking them for really a great year um, because, honestly, 500 seasons suck. I, I said it before the season started that this year was going to suck, that 500 teams are the most frustrating kinds of teams to watch because they will always freaking frustrate you with their with their – by losing winnable games, which is exactly what we saw happen. And so I'm sad to be correct that this was a frustrating year. But it was fun to go into the Discord and bitch about it with all you guys and to come on this show and to do the post games and everything. It's all very cathartic. And, uh, I, you know, I just – all my best friends are here. Like, you know, that's just it. It's like we have such a good time together in the bleachers, uh, on the show, all the events, the bleacher bump band shows, uh, playing in South Bend, singing the national anthem. Like Evan was there. A lot of people here tonight. I see the games with, I hang out on Twitter with, so it's just awesome. This is my family and y'all already knew that. <laughs> so that was very, that was very nice. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. You're going to go <laughs> grandma. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Oh, sorry. Drunk. I mean, drunk uncle. Uncle. <laughs> drunk uncle. Yeah. No, D- Danny said a lot of it. Uh, IFG said a lot of it. This is like the, 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 the season is about the ranters, honestly. And this year we've had a lot of like changes in the way that we've done things and how we've gone about it. We moved from Facebook to uh, Discord. And honestly, that's been, for me, that's been a great. And for Bill Sugis, because he doesn't get kicked off every four yeah. minutes. Bill doesn't get banned anymore. It's great. <laughs> like, what happened to Bill? Oh, he posted a meme, but with like Jesus bleeding, and now he's gone <laughs> for a week. So, you know, uh, so we've, we've been over there, and, and it's been, there's been a lot of great conversations. I've had a great conversation with Mike Waller on the discord channel has been wonderful. And, uh, I really enjoy that. There are a lot of times when I kind of dread the show coming up on a Sunday because that's just who I am. And then I get on the show. I'm like, this is the most fun I'm having all day, all week, whatever, just (laughs) enjoying. It's, it's weird. I'm it's self-sabotaging. It is whatever it is. As IFG said, uh, you know, the neuro spicy ranchers are one of the great things that we have that we can actually talk about these sort of things. And 
And I and I want to thank uh, IFG for joining the show. Hell yeah! Because mm-hmm. look, Danny and I have been doing this for a long time. We've had a lot of different people come in and out, um, and you have fit in really well. You're really good. You're <laughs> you're actually sadly way better when I'm not on the show because I listen <laughs> when I'm not on the show and I hear you talking. I'm like, yeah, she's making all the points out of made. Fuck. So hopefully Danny doesn't realize he doesn't need me. Uh, and we both get to keep arguing about things we're oh, agreeing about. I, I realize it. <laughs> Don't worry about that kind. I already know. <laughs> he's, he's just guilted into keeping me on here. Yeah, I'm like, well, I can't get rid of him now. It's his whole freaking life. <laughs> uh, I, uh, honestly I, I i love this group i love this show and uh you know we've had a lot of people on from a lot of different shows and you should all go out and check them out watch them listen all that stuff but when yeah. you want the truth you come here you come here if you <laughs> that's what we do for a good time call the ranters <laughs> <laughs> So um, uh, I love it. So th- thank you all. Thank you, Danny, for having me on for the last nine years, yeah, we, yeah, and IFG for being a part of this year, and everyone else. Uh, so so happy to get to interact with you every day. Um, hashtag chance in the chat. It is your last chance to get in on the chance. We have such fabulous prizes uh, this, that have gone in the bag, including a commemorative Mark Grace and uh, Sean Dunstan pin that went in last time. Ooh. It's a very cool prize. So um, get in there right now. Hashtag chance. I'm going to draw this thing as we speak. No whammies. No whammies. Who do we got? Round and round she goes. Where she stops, only the StreamYard giveaway. Lisa Cram! Lisa! Congratulations. Out of there in California. California. Um, Congratulations, Lisa. You are now entered to win the chance. And also, I'll be sending you a postcard with a message of love and doom. She was my secret ranter. Or I was her secret ranter. Yeah, longtime uh, family member of the ranters. Yeah. So I do want to say thank you. We're we're not going anywhere. We'll have a show every single week except for probably around the holidays where we'll take a little bit of time off when nothing's really going on anyway. And, um, you know, I I had a really fun year. But we'll see it probably. We'll figure out what day we'll go. It probably will matter what games we want to watch this postseason and we'll probably do a couple game watches so i really do encourage everybody to please join the patreon it's only a dollar to do that it's just you know it's how we keep the riffraff out and it's uh, patreon.com slash sunrantos how you do it there's a lot of great people i have one suggestion there's going to be a, a lead on game at city field this off season it's going to be the the tigres de la and the aguilas de Bahenas. so we're going to get to see a bunch of the cubs playing at city field um i think it's in november so that'll be a really fun one to add on to our live uh game watch schedule ah, i'm gonna go really out above 30 been- degrees I have been – yeah, right? It could be pretty cool. That It's like still hurricane season, too, comes up the Atlantic. This could, yeah. could be an interesting uh, interesting time. But, uh, no, I might even go in for that. Like, that would be interesting to see. I wouldn't – if the weather looks good, I, I could see going there. I've been trying to plan a trip out there to see some friends. So, 
But, uh, yeah, thank you to all the ranchers. I'm going to go over to Discord for probably another 45 minutes. Uh, please join us. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Mike Waller. Please listen to Cubs PS Plus podcast. Thank you for your support of the Sun Ranta show. Thank you, IFG and Michael Cotton. Um, we'll see you over there. I'm going to play a song that I wrote with my good friend Billy Joel, another New Yorker. Uh, it's it's uh, We Didn't Start the Cubs Fire that I did with Rigvaville Bum. That's what uh, he helped me make this video. And, um Spagog, right. everybody. All right, let's do it. Last time. Spagog, besties, I love you. Spagog. Spagog. Gabby Hartnett, Ernie Banks, Ryan Sandberg, Solly Drake, Sammy Sosa, Fergie Jenkins, Anthony Rizzo. Billy Williams, Andre Dawson, Jason Kendall, Davey Johnson, Rob Justrisny, Nick Martini, Carlos Soprano. Kerry Wood, Frank Chance, Charlie Root, Bill Hans, Mark Grace, Leon Durham, Ted Lily, Sparky Adams, Johnny Evers, Bob Rush, Jody Davis, Guy Bush, Manny Trio, Eddie Stanky, Billy Herman, Hank White. Chicago Fire. And just kept on burning from the south to urban In the Chicago fire Really would have burnt up, but it wasn't built yet Woody English, Johnny Kling, Lanny Randall, Jen Tang, Jimmy Ryan, Aaron Howman, Bill Madlock Mark Pryor, Jack Fister, Lon Warnicky, Chris Bryant, Stan Hack, Side Block, Lou Johnson, and Brock. Ron Say, Vic Keen, Dexter Fowler, Willie Green, Kevin Foster, Sheriff Blake, Ryan Dexter, Sammy Drake, Bill Lee, Rick Sutcliffe, Jimmy Slagle, Lee Smith, Ray Sanchez, Mike Perez, Aramis Ramirez. Saw no fire, and just kept on burning from the south to Irving, in the Chicago fire. Larry French, Derek Lee, Kenny Lawson, King Kelly, Mel Hall, Cleo James, Rick Russell Jr. Lake, Cap Benson, Hippo Vaughn, Gary Matthews, Gene Mark, John Lester, ML Cush, Harry Stott, the Clendon Rush. Uh-oh, uh, Kiki, Kylo, Tom Burns, Greg Maddox, Pete Lacott, Doug Glendale, S-Man, Bobby Scales and Scanlon, Hank Sauer, Kyle Hendricks, Larry Jackson, Milt Pappas, Jake Fox and Arietta, Phil Cabaretta. Chicago Fire had just kept on burning from the south to Irving. In the Chicago Fire, Wrigley would have burnt up, but it wasn't built yet. Terrence Gore, Sam Full, Bruce Sooner, Travis Wood, Jeff Reed, Bill Creed, Larry Cox and Schlafly, Sergio Alcantara, Steve Lake, Albert Almora, Dave Clark, King Cole, Marlon Bird, Ron Santo, Bob Buell, Steve Trout, John Baker, Three Finger Brown, Rick Monday, Cal McVay, Jeff Pico, Felix B.A. Chicago Fire had just kept on burning from the south to Irving in the Chicago fire. Wrigley would have burnt up, but it wasn't built yet. Ed Rulebach, Bill Dolan, El Capine, Zimmerman, Ray, Mac, Max, Black, Matt, Stairs, Key, and Hap. Andy Popko, Marvel Wynn, Mitch and Otto Williams, Scott Bolet and Sanderson, Bob O'Farrell, Rick Wilkins, Dancey Swanson, Silver Flint, Javi Baez, Danny French, Chad Dan, Peaches Graham, Ray Grimes, Dennis Lamb, Jimmy Shepard, Bobby Bonds, Larry Boa, Jim Edmonds, Chris Morrell, Hiram Bithorn, Brian LaHair, Daryl Ward. Chicago Fire 